Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome, everyone, to the spotlight here on Fightful. I am Jeremy Lambert. That is Steven Jensen. And shout out, as always, to Big Dick MLJ for the intro. It is Thursday, December 14th. We got a lot to talk about in the world of wrestling, as always. Jensen, how you doing this morning, buddy? Doing good. Doing good, everyone. Welcome to the show this morning. I got to dip out a little early today, um, a little about 10 minutes before I normally do. Everyone wish me luck. Uh, people have asked about my shoot job and the interview and the promotion I'm up for. <clears throat> I actually have the second interview today for that, and it's at 10 a.m. Eastern. So it's like right when I normally get off of here. And I'm usually a couple minutes late getting out of here and getting into work. This week, I have to make sure I'm very early. I'm going to actually throw on a collared shirt and a tie for this interview just to be super sure that they understand how serious I am, I am about this job. So wish me luck, everyone. <clears throat> the, uh, the next interview is in a couple hours and um i don't know if there's another interview or not but i know that it's been narrowed down to very few people so i've got a, i've got a shot and i know there's this position and another one opening soon so i should be a candidate for both so things should be looking pretty good hopefully and i appreciate all the support outside of that jeremy we got a big show today we had a lot to talk about 
We do. We do. Well, we wish you luck on your second interview. We hope it goes well for you. Continue to, to keep us updated. I know a lot of people in the chat uh, two weeks ago when you originally announced it, we're, we're wishing you luck. And then last week, a lot of people wanted an update. On yeah. Things. So there's your update for everybody. Hopefully Jensen will get to finish his story and get this. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Now, I, I don't know. It's hard to see on, on the screen, but I did uh, finish a different story last night. Um, unrelated, <coughs> excuse me, but people will be interested about this. Um, Dave and Buster's, shout out to Dave and Buster's. They do a thing every Monday where if you, you can pick the NFL games, like the Monday night NFL games, it'll let you pick the winner and the loser. And if you get it right, they'll give you 50 free credits to play with. If you get it wrong, they'll give you 25. And on Wednesdays, it's half off. So whether I win or lose on the picks, either I get 25 free credits or 50 free credits. My brother does it also. You go up there on Wednesdays, play for free. And on free credits, I am a proud owner of this Dave & Buster's hoodie. So that is uh, that is product of, of, of free credits right here. Free hoodie at Dave & Buster's. I finished that story last night. So Yeah, Dave & Buster's, damn it. Dave and Buster's the Dave and Buster's lore is, is strong on this on this show. So shout out Dave and Buster's. Congratulations on your free Dave and Buster's hoodie for picking NFL games, Jensen. Yes. Let's talk about wrestling. <sighs> Let's talk about some wrestling. Let's start with uh sort of the, the big news of the week. I need to finish the story. In the WWE, the story never finishes. Monday Night Raw this past Monday. I was there, Jensen. Yeah. I was there at Monday Night Raw in Cleveland. CM Punk was there in Cleveland nearly a decade after he walked out following the Royal Rumble, which was supposed to be the Raw after Rumble was in Cleveland. And CM Punk said, no, thank you. I mean, respectable. Who wants to go to Cleveland? He showed up for this uh, for this particular episode of Monday Night Raw, and he not only showed up, he made his decision of where he was going to sign. He was billed as a free agent. Was he going to sign with Raw, SmackDown, NXT? He chose to sign with Monday Night Raw. He said CM Punk is Raw's newest superstar, and CM Punk is home. This brought out Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, said you spent a decade slandering me, slandering the people in the back, slandering this whole company, trying to tear it down. This is not your home. You are only here because you don't have any other chances. There are two things are going to happen. You're going to screw up like everyone expects you to screw up, and I'll be there to say bye as you leave out the door, or you're going to be here, and I'm going to wrestle circles around you. And I'm going to prove that I'm better than you. And then Punk said, you know, we'll see. I'm entering the Rumble. Maybe I'll go after you. What did you make of this whole segment, Jensen? Uh, this was great. Um, Seth Rollins, man. There's a lot of stuff about Seth Rollins that, like, I really underappreciated until recently. Like, I... when when, when power of came, CM Punk. Yeah, like, when, when Cody came back to the WWE... I was kind of salty about the guy. I was like, oh, I don't know if I like everything this guy's really saying. He's maybe a little too much of the company WWE guy. You know, sometimes he tweets and stuff. Like, I don't know. I'm a big fan of the indies. I'm a big fan of other companies. Like, but I don't know. What it's, for, some, for some reason recently, it feels like everything Seth Rollins is saying is like straight fire facts. I'm becoming a really big Rollins fan lately. And uh, 
the talent is really, really showing through. I, uh, I, I liked the, the segment a lot because I mean, I've pretty much said everything Seth Rollins said right here. Um, he said in the ring, which is really cool. Um, CM Punk, I mean, it's interesting to see him in this position because, and I like it because it's, it's kind of, it's kind of along the lines of like what, what Lashley was saying in a recent interview where he was like, you know, he didn't say anything bad about CM Punk. He was just saying like, Hey, how about this guy kind of starts just cause he's back. Doesn't mean he should be given like the championship, like what they did in AEW pretty much. Like just be like, let him kind of, earn his way back a little bit here. I know he's a massive star, obviously, but like, you know, how much does he love this? How much does he love this company? How much does he want to actually help us? Like, let's figure that out before we start, you know, giving him, giving him all this stuff and then <clears throat> putting him in another position where things could go bad. That's all reckless speculation and stuff of like what well and won't happen in the future and stuff. But like, I think that, I think that Rollins really spoke the mind of like a lot of people that kind of like feel how I feel about, about punk, you know, um, I, all of us recognize punk can be good for short-term business. Like, no, I'm not ignorant to think that like people aren't interested in the WWE product because of this or that, like, or that CM, I'm not even saying what CM Punk's doing on the show is bad. Like I thought the, the first promo back, the first, uh, the I'm home speech, was kind of lame and corny because like Cody cut the same promo and CM Punk's supposed to be the anti-authority guy. And he cut a very authority promo, but the next one was good. Like the one he did on SmackDown, even though once again, it was hilarious. Cause like the jokes weren't landing, like the, the punchlines weren't landing the, 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 the WWE audience. So most of the stuff he was saying was going right over their head. It was, it was the wrong audience. Not tribute to the troops. Tribute yeah. to the troops. Providence, Rhode Island. Like, <clears throat> not even the, the tribute to the truth is one thing, but like he does that promo in Chicago, he gets the oohs and ahs and everything. Yes, that, that's a hundred percent true. So the, the location of that definitely, definitely was a factor for sure. Um, but to be fair, like this is another conversation, and this isn't once again, I'm not this isn't uh, like a roast on the WWE audience, it's just the truth. Like, most of their audience, I think isn't really paying attention to what's going on outside the WWE. And yeah. most of them are younger. Like they're just, they don't care. Like it's like the WWE, like that's wrestling. Like that's, they love the WWE. And a lot of those, <clears throat> a lot of the times when you're fighting with people online too, people who watch this, you're probably like fighting with like a kid or something like these like nameless, faceless people online. that get like really, really upset about wrestling. Cause that's how I acted when I was a kid. You know, like I was super defensive about WCW and my favorite wrestlers and stuff. But like, I also didn't have the the forum of like going on the internet and like people seeing my thoughts. I mean, at most you had like what aim, like AOL chat rooms. Like if you yeah. do for people, they would have like wrestling chat rooms and you'd hope to guy they were actually talking about wrestling in those things. You know what I mean? So like I, it was one of those things where like, <clears throat> I, I think Seth Rollins is, was speaking facts and you could even see him. But real quickly, Jensen, <laughs> I do love that when Cody comes back, Seth Rollins, you know, was I don't like what he's saying yeah. about Cody. This doesn't seem correct. But when he's speaking to Punk, it's like, oh, this these are all facts. Facts by Seth Rollins. Well, the big well, see, the thing is the the key thing here that keeps me from being a complete hypocrite because I obviously understand people who hate me. You can make that exact comparison. I made it myself just a moment ago. The difference is Cody has options. You know what I mean? Like Seth, like Seth. 
being honest about like punk you like okay listen if you want to call tna and, and nwa an option and stuff like that like sure like he has options technically speaking there are companies who would want to bring in cm punk but there's no way that stuff was gonna ever happen i mean they'd have to the amount of money they would have to give him and with the with the promise of also exposure as far as like being on a a, a, a network or something that has enough eyes that it would even be worth paying someone that much money to bring them in it just wasn't going to happen. So Cody, you know, Cody didn't get fired from the last place he worked. Like Cody could have stayed in AEW. Cody could have went and wrestled anywhere else. You know, Cody could have went into politics. Cody could have, Cody could have tried MMA if he I wanted to. I don't care. Huh? Well, I mean, I honestly think he will eventually. I honestly think Cody will eventually go into politics when he's too, when he's too old to wrestle full time. Like when he doesn't, when his body can't can handle anymore. But and just one of those things where like Cody has options. Punk doesn't. Like, Punk's not going back to AEW. Punk isn't allowed to fight in the UFC anymore. Like, they're... I mean, I think just, he could fight in the UFC again if he... They're not going to... Well, you know, nowadays, there's a chance because they've entertained the idea of, like, Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and those kind of guys what? fighting. So, like, it's possible. I'm not saying Dana, it's, Dana White's... His words is just about as good as any wrestling promoters, so... Yeah, well, it's all WME or Endeavor now or whatever. So, like, it's all under one umbrella to where, like, Ari Manuel, like, I don't, he, he might not care at all what Punk's skill level is at. He's like, okay, if Punk's interested in fighting again, we're going to make a lot of money. Throw him in there. Give him give him $500,000 and have him, you know, fight some guy who's never fought before again. You know, like, I, the problem with Punk in the UFC is that they, there's no opponents for him. Like, you have to find people outside of the company who he has a, who they can even sanction him against. But, and I don't see that happening. They could but, do they could do CM Punk against Jake Paul and make a ton of money. Jake Paul would kill him. I mean, I agree, but I'm just they wouldn't sanction that. In any of these stupid fights, they, they they sanctioned the dumbest fights ever. They sanctioned Randy Couture against James, James Tony. That wasn't a fair fight. That. I knew you were gonna say that. I had it in the chamber. Like, he's gonna bring up the James Tony fight. Like, yeah. Listen, okay. We can we can split hairs about this all day. Probably they probably would. A commission would sanction it. You, they'd be a, able to find a place to do it. Yes, uh, they would find a place to do it. That said, Jake Paul's also an actual fighting weight. Jake Paul is much larger than CM Punk is. CM Punk right now, when he's not, well, that's something people don't realize. When CM Punk's fighting, he weighs 170 pounds. CM Punk right now probably weighs what 220, 230. You know what I mean? Like it's a completely different human being we're talking about because, whatever. So anyways, I think that CM Punk's out of options, just like Seth Rollins said. So that, that's where we're at. And, and the thing that's interesting to me is like Punk's responses, because he's always the guy who always has to have that snide last second. Like he's got to have the last word kind of guy. And in this kind of segment, he kind of wasn't able to do that, which I like because you got, you got to make him humble at least a little bit in this situation. Like, you can't have him coming in and just ripping and ripping the company again, unless he's a heel, unless, unless you're going to go heel with this, which would be way more interesting. And he just starts slamming the company again. He starts slamming triple H. He starts slamming the reasons why he left to begin with. And like, and he's a heel. That's a completely different dynamic. But what I saw on Monday was really more like, and he listened, either CM Punk's the best actor in the world, or it's like clear because it, He's one of the few guys who you can see his emotions really clearly in his eyes and in his face. And Within when people, when, what do you see? <laughs> right. So 
but if y'all watch, like when people say stuff that CM Punk he doesn't like, you can see it in the Hangman page face to face that he references the the that they cause so much problems. You can see it in the Seth Rollins thing, which was obviously scripted to a degree. They might not have scripted this thing word for word, but I'm sure they had a good idea of what they were going to go out there and talk about. Punk's eyes, like they turn red. He gets this look in his face, and it, he, he gets this look like, "Don't say that to me, mother effer." Don't you, you know, not to mess with me, you know, not to mess with me, but Rollins is the kind of guy who's just like, mess with me, dude. Like, what are you going to do about it? And that's what I think most of the WWE locker room feels is like, dude, try me. Like, I'm going to say whatever I want to about you. We're going to make a lot of money, but I'm not going to let you just get away with coming back after there's a big difference between leaving the WWE and like going and bettering yourself and like going and making a bigger name for yourself and reinventing yourself and all this stuff and then coming back a bigger star on better terms with the company versus this dude talked trash about this company and their performers for like the better part of a decade and now he's tail between his legs cutting i'm home promos you know like i i think seth rollins nailed it on monday and he's i think he spoke for a lot of people in that promo now that said I'm not sitting here just roasting and hating on CM Punk. Like it takes two to do this. He, Punk, I don't. I think Punk was the loser in this scenario. But what I like about it is we are clearly going to get CM Punk for Seth Rollins, and CM Punk isn't going to just sit back and just take this. Like he will be firing back, and I'm interested to see what he has to say in the buildup to the eventual match with Rollins. So like I think this stuff's all going to be really good. But on Monday, I'm going to keep it real, even though I'm kind of biased. People think I'm a hater. I mean that's 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 ten seven Rollins on Monday, right? Ten seven. That's ten seven, man. He can't by and spit facts. All, all Punk can do is sit there and take it. He, he didn't have anything to. He had nothing. Well, I, I I don't think it was designed for Punk to have nothing. I don't think it was ten seven, and I'll tell you why I don't think it was ten seven. It's 10, because eight. I don't even know if I'd go ten. Oh come on, ten nine Rollins at least. Yeah, Rollins won. Okay. I do agree with that, but I don't know. Here's what I liked about CM Punk's portion of it. One, I don't think it was designed to fire back with this big, the, this big grand, uh, you know, word for word, bar for bar type of thing. I, what Punk accomplished, which I didn't think was possible, but what he accomplished was he made me interested in him winning the Rumble and going after Rollins. Because right. I've said it a lot of times that whoever wins the Rumble should go after Roman because if you're going to win the rumble, why are you not going after Roman? That's the guy who's held the title for three years. Like that's the big money match Roman reigns. Like I think if Cody wins, if Gunther wins, if whoever wins, they would be foolish not to go after Roman reigns. If punk wins, I still think he'd be foolish not to go after Roman. I still think that's the, the big money match, but he did enough. Just Rollins one did enough. Rollins also sold this very well. But Punk is a great counterpart here of he sold it enough of like, if he goes after Rollins, I ain't super mad at it. I can understand that decision. So I like Punk's closing line of like, you know, I won the Rumble. I'm going to go after you. And now I will give Rollins a lot of credit that he is the person who sold all of that because his fire, his vitriol, his comments made me interested in Punk going after him compared to Roman, who has not addressed CM Punk and may not address CM Punk. He might just be, he's going to be on SmackDown this week. He might just not say anything about Punk. He might just completely dismiss Punk of like, that one dude's back, who cares? He's over on Raw. Don't really care about that. Um, but I like that Punk's closing line was, I'm entering the Rumble. If I win, might go after you. And I thought that made a lot of sense. Now, Rollins definitely won 
this battle, but I'm I, I don't give out 10 8 rounds <laughs> easily. I'm very hard pressed to give out 10 8 rounds. I'm pretty liberal with my 10 8s, I'll be honest about okay. that. Like I'm one of those people that really and this is an MMA conversation that people don't care about, but I know that you used to cover MMA and stuff, so you you know exactly what we're talking about. Like <clears throat> I I'm really big on I don't like how fights, the close fights, come down so often to the judges and like one point or so on those scorecards when there's so many fights where like fighter A really beats up fighter B in round one and it's a 10 8 or sorry, 10 9. And then round two might happen and round and, and fighter B might barely beat fighter A. I mean, like, might just like hold them down a little bit longer. It's super close. Like, round one wasn't nearly as close as round two, but they're both getting 10 9 scores throughout the thing. Like, I think they really should utilize the 10 8s and 10 7s more often as like a real showing of like this fighter clearly won this round more than they won this other round. So this fighter, this fighter won, like, cause some of these rounds are just so close and you're, you're literally just guessing like, all right, 10 for that fighter, nine for that fighter, but really it should have been 10, 10 probably. Um, and then this other round that should have been 10, eight was also 10, nine. And that's a lot of the scoring issues. I think in MMA come down to that 10 point must system that they still haven't fixed. Um, and people get screwed out of wins all the time because of it. But I do, anyways. by the way, I do agree with you that in, in actual fights that they don't use 10, eight rounds enough. I fully agree with you. This is a promo battle on a WWE show. <laughs> <We're> analyzing <laughs> this really. That's fair. That's fair. And this is also a show that's supposed to be fun, by the way, everybody. Like, I, I think people might actually think that I like enjoy coming on here. And like, there's certain guys like CM Punk and, and stuff. Like when we went on our LA night arc and stuff for a while, like, I think I like, enjoy, like I'd much rather talk about something like I love in wrestling than stuff that like bothers me. But, um, but I, the, the thing is like, I, I do think that the CM Punk in Seth Rollins match, it makes a lot more sense. Like you said, if Punk wins the Royal Rumble now, because you, you had convinced me when we recently talked about, okay, I was like, yeah, you're right. Punk shouldn't challenge for the title. If he wins the Royal Rumble. Oh, he shouldn't challenge for Seth Rollins, rather for the title. If he wins the Royal Rumble, he should challenge Roman for the same reasons you said, I was like, you're, you're right about that. Like that, that would be, you'd look foolish for winning the Royal Rumble. And then not challenging Roman and trying to be the guy to dethrone him. But based on what we saw last night, now, now things have changed. And now, do you think Punk wins the Rumble and goes after Rollins at Mania and, and main events night one? And then Cody wins the Chamber and that gets him uh, Roman at night two? I think that scenario is way more on the table now than I thought it was before monday because i did think that whoever won the rumble was just going to challenge roman but now because of, of punk's promo and seth's promo now it makes sense of like oh yeah punk can win the rumble and actually challenge challenge seth and it makes sense to me and then okay how do you get to cody and roman well you do the elimination chamber to to get to cody in roman so it makes a lot more sense than it did a week ago when I thought like, yeah, nobody, whoever wins this rumble has to go after Roman. And I, if anybody else wins the rumble, it should still be Roman by the way, because punk punk is different one because of this promo two because he just hasn't been there long. It looks very weird. If Cody wins the rumble and is all of a sudden like, yeah, I'm interested in this title that I've shown no interest in for eight months now when they introduced this title kind of the same thing with like a Gunther or literally anybody else priest maybe, but he's got the, the uh, contract anyway, he's got the money in the bank. So everybody else would make way more sense for Roman punk still makes sense with Roman. And look, 
if Roman actually like does, says something about Punk and goes after Punk, he's gonna sell me right back on it. Of like, oh yeah, Roman and and Punk is the match. I just kind of play built in my head that Roman is gonna because uh, Punk is on Raw. Roman's gonna be dismissive of Punk and just be like, and maybe that is enough fuel for Punk to be like, you're you're dismissing me. Like I'm not worthy of challenging you. Like I am gonna challenge you. But I thought Rollins just did a, a fantastic, fantastic job of, of selling this whole thing. You know, good on him. It was a good promo. And, you know, he said a lot of things mm-hmm. that I know a lot of fans believed. I was waiting. I, I, I know I put this in the as the caption on the banner. I was waiting yeah. after he did the, uh, like, you've been slandering this company. You, you've dissed all the people in the back. You dissed all these fans. I was waiting for him to hit you. Tell me when I'm telling lies on here. And, like, that's a reference that, much like the, the punk reference on SmackDown, that people did not go ooh and ah over on the crowd. I don't know how many in the crowd would have gotten that. Cleveland's a hotter wrestling town than Providence, Rhode Island. No offense to Providence, but Cleveland's a... The crowd on Monday was really hot all night, by the way. I hope that came across on TV because in the building, it was super hot. Um, but I was waiting for him to drop that tell me when I'm telling lies, mm-hmm. and he didn't. I was a little disappointed. I was like, come on, Seth. It was right there, right there for you. Didn't yeah. And that's a line that it wouldn't matter because that in the right context, that line, like, that that wouldn't matter if like that didn't hit with the audience in the same way. You know what I mean? Like if Seth would have said, like, tell me when I'm telling lies, like even people who don't know what he's talking about would be like, Oh, that's kind of a cool line. Like, yeah, like Seth's speaking facts, but then it would also hit for us. Like, you know what he's talking about. The yeah. problem with what the problem with what punk said uh, the other day about like, you know, punching people backstage or whatever, like, no one but the hardcores. You know what I mean? That was like people out of the loop for that would have no no idea what he's talking about. You know what I mean? So it's like there there's a difference there too. Well, but he re- it was in reference to Kevin Owens just going backstage punching people. So it was still. Oh, that's right. You're you're right. So he you're, was still talking about a WWE I, angle type I of forgot. thing. It was just ah, let me drop this insider reference here. Look, I have the same thing as Rollins. It's like yeah, he's not telling any lies when he's saying all this stuff. And it's also a wink and a nod. Yeah. I forgot that he related it to, to Owens. That was, that that's, that's a good call. That, that actually like, that changes a lot of, a lot of what I was saying about that for sure. Um, Hellraiser with some, some good chats in there kind of agreeing with, with punk uh, or with Rollins and like punk, you know, kind of run the company through the mud. That's what, that's what Rollins was saying. He's like, you call me a bootlicker. Like, dude, like, what are you talking about? This is your home. He's like, we don't want you here, dude. Like, we don't want you. Like, no, like, but I, uh, I, I mean, obviously, obviously it's interesting. And I've said it before, like, obviously Cody finishing the story at WrestleMania, that's, that's the goal. That's what I want to see. There's nothing that, that is better than that for me. Like, that's what I want. But there is, there is absolutely a part of me that's like, WWE's leaving money on the table if they don't give Punk a shot at Roman before Roman loses that title. Like, because there's the interest there of, like, who's going to beat Roman? That's the big thing. It's been so long. Who's going to finally get that win? I think it'd be a massive travesty if if Punk was the one to beat him for, like, not just because of Cody, but, like, that would just be the wrong message, I think, to everybody that's been there this long, that's worked for this. 
someone like a Gunther, for instance, even like just someone who's worked really damn hard that is has been in that position. Because Punk doesn't need it either. Like Punk doesn't need to be the WWE champion or the, the world heavyweight champion. He's he's already an attraction in himself. The title would be an interesting part of a story for him, similar to AEW. But I think his run in AEW is going to be totally different from what we got in the what we're going to get in the WWE. Like, and I and I loved his AEW run. I thought it was awesome on screen. But you know, I just don't think. But but my point is like I don't. Th- I I think that most likely the scenario I think that will play out. And I think this is probably works best for everyone is punk and Rollins at WrestleMania, regardless of who wins that match. I I prefer to see Rollins win, but I'd imagine punk will probably win. You have Cody beat Roman and you save punk and Roman for later as like a non-title, like, you know, you got a big story there that doesn't need the title with him, the bloodline, Paul Heyman, their history and everything there, being a Paul Heyman guy. But there is a part of me, once again, for all the punk fans out there, and even for just, just wrestling fans in general, like myself, like, there, it's like Roman Reigns has title for so long. And realistically speaking, I think Cody is the only person on the roster who anyone thinks actually has a chance at, be, at beating him for this thing. Because everyone else who's had a chance, even recently, like people didn't really buy LA Knight. People didn't really buy Jey Uso. You know, uh, uh, people wanted it. Like I know they wanted it, but like, did you really think that that like Roman was going to lose? Like not at WrestleMania. Like I don't I, think the the people like us thought that, but the crowd was enough behind them to where. Y- there was there was enough hype to where like yeah this could happen and it it would make a lot of sense. Well, I I agree with you, but I, I what I'm that's what I'm really saying is is more like WWE did a really really good job of building all those challengers up to make people think like oh this is a, a formidable opponent for Roman Reigns to get a title shot against Roman Reigns. But yes, people like us were like I I just don't see him losing because of these reasons. But I think everybody would see Punk as a threat. The casuals, us, everyone, because we'd all be like, what if they actually did it? Like, what if after all this time and everything he said, he's the one to beat Roman Reigns? And you know the match would be super interesting. So I feel like there's there's like a missed opportunity if Punk doesn't get a shot at Roman, but I absolutely wouldn't have Roman, or I absolutely wouldn't have Punk beat Roman. And it would have to happen before WrestleMania because you got to do Cody and Roman at WrestleMania unless The Rock somehow slides back into that. That's always a fear of mine. But that's too much to get in before WrestleMania and you got the Seth thing. So I think the way it's going to play out, I, I think Punk's, whether Punk wins the Royal Rumble or not, we're going to get Punk and Rollins at WrestleMania night one for that title. We'll get Seth, or sorry, we'll get Cody and, uh, and Roman night two unless something crazy happens and The Rock winds up back and then they got to figure something out for cody but one last thing i want to say about cody that you mentioned for the title that is very important you mentioned well rollins had this title for like almost a year or whatever at this point and cody hasn't even has even you know has even hinted that he has any interest in this thing and that's true and that needs to kind of be highlighted because realistically speaking it makes no sense that there's a guy who's holding a world heavyweight championship that lost to a guy on your active roster three times in a row, and you're giving other people chances while this other guy beats Brock Lesnar in a trilogy and all the other stuff he's done. And somehow it's like, 
So it's one of those things where they've literally made it look like whatever Cody's doing in his goals and finishing the story, that's actually more important than the title that Rollins holds. So that's, uh, Cody's agenda is more important. And that is a little strange. Like, I do think it's kind of weird that Cody hasn't even once been like, I want that also when he's beaten that guy three times. And that's supposed to be a world championship. I'm with you. I mean, I, the fact that Cody hasn't mentioned it at all is I wish Cody would address it a little bit more. I think he did address it when it, when it first uh, became a thing. Um, But then he got taken out by Brock and then he just did the whole feud with Brock. And then he teamed with Rollins at war games. And now he's working with Nakamura and everything. Um, But for punk, I think he wants to make Rollins life miserable more than just kind of winning the title. The title is extra because the title proves that he's better than Seth Rollins. And right now Rollins is, is saying, claiming, you know, like he's the actual best in the world. And and that's where punk is like, nah, I, I am. And that like that, I know how much that title means to you. I want to take this and I want to, this title is going to tell you that I'm home. Rollins has done the best he can of trying to like, make this the workhorse title, make this this established title of like, you're here every week. You're putting the company on your back. You're, you're trudging forward and you are the company guy. Cause you have this title while Roman is of course off television for months at a time. And I think that's what, um, and I, I think that's where punk again can makes a lot of sense for Seth Rollins because he wants to needle Seth Rollins more than Roman where Roman Roman and punk doesn't need that title. Right. By the way, I don't think it actually needs the title. That's an intriguing enough feud without the title. Yeah. I, no, I'm with you. I'm oh, liked... sorry. You, 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 you froze for a second. Go ahead. Oh yeah. I like that. Um, punk's comments about being a monkey wrench on SmackDown where he's like, I'm the guy who can throw a monkey wrench, all of this. I love that comment because it's so true. Because I've said this a lot of the only match at Mania that I'm like 100% locked in that I feel is 100% locked in is Jay against Jimmy. Everything else, I have no idea. You could tell me it's Punk and Roman. You can tell me it's Punk and Seth. You can tell me it's Cody and Punk. You can tell me it's Cody and Roman. You can tell me it's Rock and Roman. I have no idea what the other matches at Mania are. And throwing Punk into this is a big monkey wrench because where he goes is going to dictate where a lot of other people go. Yeah, that's very true. It's very true. But I feel, I mean, I feel like at this, I, I mean, they're obviously leading us to believe it's going to be Seth and, and Punk. I guess it's yeah. possible that that could happen before WrestleMania, but it makes too much sense to do it at WrestleMania, I think. But, but like there, there are options. There are options out there. Things can change. Um, obviously I'm not wishing this on anybody, but you know, people get hurt. Stuff happens. I mean, like you just, you, you never know. So uh, people become available again. I mean, the rock could want to come back. You could have other celebrities that want to get involved and that might start pushing some people and shifting them into other spots. Hell years back. Uh, there was that match where it was like Cody and Sandow or whatever against like the, against Tyrus or something like that. It was, it was like a WrestleMania match that literally got cut during WrestleMania. Like they just, they were like, yeah, we're just, we're just don't have time for it. Sorry. They were like, they're backstage ready to go. They're like, Wait, we're just not on WrestleMania anymore. Like, uh, like on the spot, they found that out. So, I mean, that to that to, to even to that can happen. Like think of, think about how crazy that is, by the way, and how that probably has like never really, how many times in history has somebody been 
put been pushed off of WrestleMania during WrestleMania because of timing. That's why it never happened before. Oh, it has. Hey guys, have you ever wondered what happened to the legendary Chuck Norris? I saw a video he made and I was shocked. He is in his 80s, still kicking butt, working out, staying active. He looks like he's got more energy, can work out longer, even has plenty of that energy left over for his grandkids, and he did this by making one change. He said that he still feels like he's in his 50s. His wife even started doing this thing too. She's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger, her body looks leaner, has energy all day, and Chuck's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their health. Staying active is important. Moving around keeps you feeling good. Making sure that you take care of your gut health, your digestion, just overall, is also very important. Right now, you can go to mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Watch Chuck's video right now. That's mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Check out what Chuck Norris has to say. What's got him feeling so good these days? He explains everything, and you won't believe how simple it is. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Well, you, you, you got kicked completely off. Like you like had a match scheduled and just, you just didn't have the match that night? Yeah, it was like WrestleMania 10. There was that like 10-man tag with... with- Jeff Jarrett and Mabel and all oh, these people. Oh, yeah. And that got completely bumped. Yeah, but that's, I mean, we're talking rare. We're talking, what, 40 WrestleManias almost now? And, like... Yeah, total, total Divas. I, I don't know if it was a storyline or what, but, like, that one got cut, cut too. I like, remember that, but that was a little different. I think that was a storyline. more than... I don't know if that was full storyline, because, like, oh, well, we're going to cut this match to just to okay. make a Total Divas storyline? That's still shitty. 
Well, I mean, I don't think they really cared about the divas too much back then, just in general. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's I'm not I'm not telling any tales out of school. They they used to treat the women a lot differently than they do now. Anyways, my my point is, you're actually prove you're actually strengthening my argument, by the way, because now you're making it sound like okay, well, it actually is a pretty common that this kind of stuff can change like this. So my whole point with bringing any of this up is things can change. So like anything we even think is locked in right now isn't really locked. I mean, the Elimination Chamber is a dangerous match. We, we're, they're putting people who are supposed to be like key players in WrestleMania in a match that's super dangerous. Like they're, the Royal Rumble, the person every year, they've got someone who goes out there at number one and lasts all the way to the final four or, or something like that. They always have these little storylines within the Rumble and it usually includes some sort of Iron Man for the night. And that's dangerous. I mean, I know they're not like taking a lot of bumps usually during that, but it's like, a lot can happen in a wrestling ring over the span of being in there in an hour with a whole bunch of different people and all the timing and stuff. So my, 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 my point once again, is just like things can change. Things happen. Nothing is really set in stone. Even last year, Cody Peck blows out and it's like, okay, anything we had planned for the next, you know, nine months for him, she got a shelf. You know, it's just like that happens a lot with people and it is, it's just unpredictable. So um, I hope that the plans are are what we were saying and i hope that's and, and to kind of put a bow on the conversation for paul for punk and rollins which which was the topic i i i was thoroughly entertained by the segment i really like what seth was saying and I, i'll call it a 10-8 round i won't go as far as to say 10-7 i know you might be going you might be going 10-9 but what it did that is is very interesting even more so to me is the seeds are planted now where punk has had like a whole week now to like for for to fire back Right. So I feel like the next time we hear from CM Punk, he's going to be bringing some fire. So I think it's going to be good. I like, I like what we got so far. Dylan points out that it was the same match, Cody and Sandow, uh, and the Bellas against Brodus, Tenzai, and Trent. And oh, Trent it is the same Cameron. match. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's right. You're right. It was a mix. It was a mixed tag match with, with the Divas and, and the Road Scholars in them. Okay. So that wasn't a storyline, but that was, it was the same match. Anyways, um, that sucks. How bad would that suck to be backstaging Gorilla, ready to go out there for your match at WrestleMania in a, in a stadium, biggest match of your life, and just sorry, ran out of time. Well, Chisholm says Charlotte just got hurt, so you never know. We know Rock isn't coming back because he just signed on to play a UFC fighter. I don't know when that Mark Kerr movie is going to like start filming or anything. Rock's got to get get in good shape for that, so maybe gets in good shape to to do. Uh... To, to do a wrestling run to do a, to do a mania run here i uh I'm, I'm looking forward to that smashing machine movie the documentary years ago was incredible like that was one of the first like real like successful mma documentaries i can remember and they announced this rock mark Kerr movie like five years ago i remember like rock's been wanting yeah, to rock's been wanting to do this for a very long time yeah so this is going to be good stuff for people who who don't know i i i look into it if you're if i were y'all and if you aren't mma fans like mark kerr was like really important in the early days of the ufc but struggled big time with like steroids and, and emotional stuff and like the just the politics and everything going on in the early days of the ufc and the, the, the so it, it'll be a fascinating the, the 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 documentary about mark kerr called the smashing machine that the rock is going to be basing this off of is fantastic i'd ha- i highly recommend it for anyone who just likes documentaries in general even if you're not a fight fan I'm very interested to see The Rock play this kind of role. Yeah. 
But he's gonna be perfect for it, I think. Like, because he he looks the part, he's an MMA fan. Like, I know he had most of his roles are like he's kind of the the guy you see in Fast and Furious and so much stuff. Like, I don't know what it is, you know, but I I don't know. I mean, he's he's an and he's wanted to do it for so long. I mean, I feel like he's not gonna drop the ball on this. I you know it's it's done it's going to be done by A24 who just did the Iron Call film who's getting a lot of uh good feedback but like they had good actors for that. Mm. I don't know. I'm very I'm very uh curious to how the rock looks in this film. Look, if we can pull it off, more credit to him. I just I've seen the rock in a lot of films and he plays one or two roles in the 50 films he's in. Plays the rock yeah. Uh, Bala says, which way are you guys leaning for Booker and promotion of the year? Leaning WWE since they developed characters better and kept me eager to turn the page. I think the best thing that could happen for AEW is if Triple H or Shawn Michaels wins Booker of the year. Yeah. Because Tony Khan is going to be like that Jordan meme of like, and I took that personal. Yeah. He's going to be very upset if he does not win. For the first time in history, he does not win booker of the year and he is gonna be like, i'm gonna show all of you fuckers man i can just see tony khan doing a pro you know how he was doing the uh those promos in in impact during the pandemic yeah um as like a heel i could see him like this is a bad idea but i'm not saying you should do this but i think it'd be kind of funny they kind of did the, they did this kind of an always sunny on a, on a, a recent uh episode this past season but it'd be funny if tony khan wore like one of those like really large suits because like Jordan used to wear like the like the tall suits and like the big hoop earring. If like if like Tony like wore like a big earring and like a big suit and was talking like Jordan, that 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 like that 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 upset me. Like I I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna do something about this. My competitive nature will not allow this to happen. Um but listen, Bala, you got a you got you got an argument there. I uh had <laughs> Last year and in the last handful of years, I would have said there's no way that the WWE could could be you know Booker Triple H or, or whatever it would be Booker of the Year uh, in the in the current landscape or, or Vince McMahon even more specifically before Triple H. But you're I think there is a strong argument that could be made that WWE they they I don't their show isn't always for me. It's because it's, it's so catered towards a younger audience. But when I watch it, I, I enjoy it. Like I, I appreciate what they're trying to do. I like what Triple H, what he's doing with this company. I, I thoroughly enjoy all the PLEs. Like I, I, I watch all of the, the PLEs on, on live on Peacock and I legitimately enjoy them. Like it's a different experience than watching AEW, which is a different experience than watching GCW or any other indie that I cover or, or impact or whatever. Like it's all different, but I think if you're a fan of the WWE, you've had a really good year. Um, and there's a lot of buzz for this company. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. They've always been, I always, always joke about it. When you look at the McDonald's arches, you turn it upside down, that's WWE. And that's what they want worldwide. Like that's, they are, they are a worldwide conglomerate and they're, they're writing this year has, has, it's been good. I've been interested in most of the stories. They're treating Cody pretty well outside of screwing him for the title of mania. They've done a good job of building him for this mania. Um, and and you know I think I think their production everything's the best in the world literally than any company you'll ever find for any any level of entertainment. I think WWE's top notch production. Like I I think I think WWE's killed it this year in a good way. Um, so I I wouldn't have I honestly wouldn't be upset. And listen, AEW I think has had a great year also for like 
in most in most senses like they've had a lot of great matches great storylines a lot of really good stuff going on over there but um i'd be okay with them saying wwe you know promotion or uh you know creative booker of the year or whatever but um I don't know if I'd go that far with NXT, but that's also just that's to be fair. It's because I don't pay attention to NXT as closely. I, I watch Level Up for the Weekender, and I watch the PLEs for Take not Takeover Deadline. I saw like recently; those are good shows. They are. I, I really like Ilya Dragunov. I liked him for a long time. Like they got really good talent there. Um, but I don't know if I'd say I'd probably go. I'm I, I I'd be okay with the WWE AEW NXT is like the one two three um booking wise right now I think that'd be kind of fair. Shytown Spurs says uh Punk going from anti corporate voice of the voiceless to potentially bringing back the WWE monopoly is comedic tragedy at its finest. I know there's a lot of talk of uh WWE and Warner Brothers Discovery apparently they've had meetings I just read the report from PW Insider that said they had a meeting on Monday Tony Khan said on Tuesday that he had talks with Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh I don't know how deep all these talks are one i think WWE smart to talk to everybody two i think warner brothers discovery is smart to talk to everybody three i don't think anything gets settled until nba rights get settled none of these companies are going to pay for raw if they think the nba product if, if that's still within reach and for warner brothers that's where the nba product is right now at least part of it they they have the tnt games on Thursday nights, some Tuesday nights, and then playoffs and things like that. So I don't think we're getting any type of update on Raw until we find out where the NBA lands. Do you know? Because um, I legitimately have no idea what the what like the difference or the discrepancy or whatever is. But do you like? And I could probably find it if I just looked. But what's the difference in like how much the NBA gets in a rights deal versus what like the WWE or like? So right now, uh, yeah. and, and this is just a very quick uh, search. Right now, like NBA is getting, and this is all of their um, kind of network. So this is ESPN, ABC, Warner Brothers, Discovery. Like this is all of their deals. It's $24 billion over nine years. That's what they, they got on their last deal. What's yeah. WWE get? Like WWE five? got like $1 billion over five years. For on their last year, one billion lot, each year for five years. No, one billion uh, over the years. Yeah, so wow. I think it's like, yeah. What a wow! Good for the NBA. I mean, I knew there was a difference, obviously, like I mean, it, that, but that's wild. It says uh, again, this is just a very quick Google search. This is not a deep into things. It says NBA could be looking at like seventy-five billion for the next media deal, like the NFL. Deal, their last deal uh, that's pretty huge because they're going to do bigger business. Sorry, you fro- you froze for a second. Yeah. I think it's I think it's because you're searching. Sorry, I'm, I'm like having to do these searches if I slow your computer down. Um, so the last okay, well, this was from the 2014 to 2022 was 39.6 billion for the NFL. Um, they're saying the next NFL right deal could be a hundred billion. So, yeah, it, it, sports is a big business, and in the NBA, they're going to have all those deals. You got to figure out how much you commit into the NBA before you figure out how much you're committed to WWE, and you're going to obviously spend a lot of money 
on NBA, and you don't have whatever money is left over. Sorry, Jeremy. Jeremy's freezing. I heard everything he said up to that point, though. Um, hopefully, he recalibrates here in just a second. Um, we can hear him okay. Um, I think he's starting to. Oh, there we go. He's starting to unfreeze. I, I could hear what you were saying there. You were just you were just frozen on the screen. Um, that's a uh, man. But you're right. I mean, when you're dealing with potentially around a hundred billion dollars, you I mean you got to decide on what you're going to do with that first before you make a decision on the 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 one billion dollar. That's amazing. Where we're just like, yeah, just a billion dollars. I mean, I yeah, just a billion. A hundred billion dollars for something, but I totally believe it. With the amount of money people are throwing at just like entertainment right now, it's like this money isn't even real. Like they're giving, they're once again a completely side conversation. But like you know, I follow the streaming world and like Kick.com, which doesn't even have an app on most. You can't even watch it through like most platforms. You got to go like to the website or like download the app on your phone, but you can't watch it off most stuff. They're giving streamers these insane deals to not even be exclusive to their, to their platform, but they're backed by companies like stake.com, like, like, like big, these large conglomerate companies that have unlimited money. And when you start seeing that kind of stuff, you're like, man, if they, if people can throw a hundred million dollars at a live streamer to sit on their computer and, and react to things on kick, I, it totally makes sense. They'd give the, the NBA or the or NFL a hundred billion dollars. Because it's like the money isn't real at this point. If you can give someone that much money, that's great. That's that's a crazy amount of money. You've also got to remember when it comes to this stuff is it's negotiations, right? And so WWE could just be going to Warner Brothers. Again, it all makes sense for all these companies. Hey, we're going to go to Warner Brothers. They're offering this much. What are you going to counter with? Warner Brothers going to WWE. Hey, we can get WWE for this much and it's going to be more profitable than than you so we're going to throw this much at aew like Warner brothers could be driving aew price down or wwe could be driving their price up by using warner brothers like it's they're all using each other to get to their ultimate goal at the end and then it's just a game of i don't want to say chicken but it's just a game waiting and who's gonna eventually make the deal at the right time my, my thoughts on everything are nothing's getting decided until the NBA gets decided. Because once they get decided, then these companies are going to know how much money they have left to throw at them. And then they might increase their offer for WWE or they might decrease their offer for WWE or wherever they might go. So I, yes, they're all talking to each other. I'm sure of that, but I wouldn't wait on any news until we get news about the NBA. Yeah, I'm with you. You're still a little bit a little bit off with the the camera, but I can still oh. hear you good. Okay. Will says uh in defending Cody's booking, to be fair, Cody's only been by two people this whole time, Roman and Brock. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I mean they've, they've, they've been very good to Cody outside of WrestleMania 39. They've been great to him. Uh speaking of Cody, he was seen by the Creed brothers this past week, uh after the Shinsuke Nakamura match, which ended in a DQ, which very much upset me. Don't do these long matches with no finishes. I hate that. Absolutely hate it. Especially in the main event. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're gonna have to exit the room and come back in. All Jeremy. right. Okay. okay. I'll I'll take it from here for the Creeds for a second. So the Creed Brothers. I am a fan of these guys, right? I like them a lot. I, I know I mentioned I don't watch NXT all the time, but I do watch the PLEs and I was familiar with the Creed Brothers because I was very impressed 
by these guys. Um, very athletic guys. And this, this, oh, here we go. Switched around. Um, you're way better now. Perfect. Um, I was just saying, like, I like the Creed, the Creed brothers a lot. And I, I really like that. This is, this is like a, uh, a vote of, of confidence for me as a fan for like Triple H. Because I feel like if Triple H wasn't in charge and he didn't have this relationship with NXT and with Sean and, and like the Creed brothers and their development, they wouldn't be in this position so quickly on the main roster. And they should be. I like that they're in the mix and they're the, the number one contenders of the tag titles already. And I, I I like I like where they're at a lot with, with the Creed brothers. And it's interesting because now they're coming in, they're saving the day. They they saved Cody at the end of Raw. Um, they saved um, uh, our truth after the, the beat down from the judgment day. So like, I like that they're getting involved in this and they got a good shot at winning the, winning the tag team titles. And I can see them being, we were talking before about how heading into WrestleMania, especially for someone like Cody last year, what cost him in the main event was he was outnumbered by the bloodline. And this year, like who are going to be flanking Cody? Like who's going to be on Cody's side, helping him out and making sure this doesn't happen to him again. I could see the Creed brothers as being like part of kind of team Cody, helping him out, like fighting people off and stuff. Um, so I, I think this is cool that they're actually, that they're doing something more with the Creed brothers than just them going out and winning matches and becoming like this generic team and getting a title shot. It's like, okay, like they're getting a title shot, but they're also, they're, they are winning matches and they are getting a title shot, but they're, also now actually involved with performers on the show that are like main event level people and stuff. So they're, they're becoming more than just wrestlers. They're becoming more characters on the show too, which is going to be huge for them. I think they should win the titles from judgment day. Uh, I would be all for that. Be all for the Creed brothers winning. And then judgment day, they continue to be a little fractured with things, even though they are, they are fine, but I do like the Creed brothers. They, they're very impressive in the ring. They'll, they'll continue better with the television stars and the television presence. We work in with guys like Cody and even like a Chad people will work with him is, is good stuff for them. So yeah, for the Korean, it seems to be a ton of sense. I'm sorry, everybody. You're good. Yeah. Jeremy's internet is just killing us today. Um, if you want to switch over to the, uh, I can do the bumper. If you want to, do I, if you need to log back out and back in, I can do the I can I can kick off the AEW topics. I'm, I'm done. All that I don't know. But, um, I'm just switch on. I might might go off for a second. Okay. Let's see. Okay, I'm gonna hit this real quick because Jeremy's completely frozen now. I don't know if you can even hear me. Okay, I just got a I got a message from him. Hold on a second. Oh no, never mind. That's a that's a comment from the chat. Okay, I'm going to hit the bumper. I'm going to talk a little, a little about AEW while Jeremy gets this figured out here. Um, and AEW Spotlight. Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show. And I think it's been a run of great shows. AEW Spotlight. Jeremy's still trucking along. I see him just barely moving around on his screen. Um, the devil threw Jeremy's internet through real glass. That's a good comment, and we might as well talk about that real quick. Last night at the end of AEW Dynamite, we had another segment where after after the main event, we got backstage in the in the parking lot, Hangman Page surrounded by the goons of the devil. The devil himself 
is in a car watching this all happen from right there from the same parking lot. The devil basically gives the nod to the goons and they double choke slam hangman page through the glass windshield of the car. Once again, the devil has utilized real glass to take out one of their ops. Jeremy, I don't know if we'll be able to hear you or not, but does this lead even more to the idea that Jack Perry is the devil? Because that's the, the more I see real glass, the more I feel like it's Jack Perry. I think so. That that's definitely what I think they want you to think as well. Yes. Um, because you know, the last time we saw Jack Perry was the real glass and was a windshield, windshield on a car, right? That was the, the spot with hook at, at all in. So I think they want you to lead it, they, that's where they're trying to lead you. I still think it's Adam Cole. I'm still of the belief. I'm not going away from my belief that it's Adam Cole, by the way. But I think they want you to believe that it's Jack Perry through all of these spots. But I'm still I'm still on Adam Cole. I've seen a you know a lot of stuff with the um with the the devil stuff. Like I thought last night was fine. Last night felt very just pro wrestling, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Like last night felt like I felt like I was watching the end of like a Nitro episode. Yeah, which I I loved Nitro. So it definitely felt like the end of a nitro episode. Oh, we're tagging hangman in the parking lot here. He's going, here's the, the devil coming out of the limo and then getting slammed hangman getting slammed on onto the windshield and the car. Like I, it felt very much like an episode of nitro last night. Yeah. But I mean, but in a good way, like I feel like we got the equivalent of like some like banger WCW cruiserweight matches, almost like level of stuff, like with like the cruiserweight classic, you know, like a modern day, like it's like, it would be like watching Nitro, but it was all like banger matches, not and you didn't get like any of like the weird upper mid card main event stuff of like the the veterans who like didn't care anymore that were just going out there doing nothing on Nitro. Um, it was like getting all the guys who work hard out there on Nitro, and then a Nitro kind of ending with a car pulling up in the parking lot and and a backstage segment. Um, I think Chi-Town Spurs is is probably right, and so are you, Jeremy. I think the real glass stuff probably is a red herring. Um, but it's also enough inside baseball that like the casual viewer probably wouldn't put all that together, but like it's clues for the hardcore fans. The good thing is either way it makes sense. Like if it winds up being Jack Perry, I'm okay with it. As a matter of fact, I just got this in the mail yesterday. I gotta support my favorite wrestlers, Jeremy. This just came in the mail uh, from Ringside Collectibles. Um, you know what? This also came in yesterday too. I mean, I'm not gonna not gonna be not collected for my boy, but um, but I I, I I love Jack Perry. Um, I respect that guy a lot, and I, I think that you know if if he winds up being the devil, I think that'd be really cool. But I think Adam Cole makes the absolute most sense, and that probably should be who the devil is still. Or it could still be MJF. I still think there's a chance it still could be him. Um, but I think the, the real glass thing either is a red herring or the best kind of set of clues for the hardcore. Either way, it's like the clues make sense and we we solved the case and it is him. Or it's a red herring that works. So I feel like that's kind of a win-win. Unless unless you hate Jack Perry and you just do not want to see Jack Perry as the devil, which I think that there are, there are probably plenty of fans that are just like, well, I think you've said it yourself that Jack Perry, like it wouldn't hit the same way that like Adam Cole would. That that's that was the second part of Shaitan's part super chat is it's a crazy how much gaslighting has been done on Perry since he dared to stand up to CM Punk. Yeah, a lot of people are already talking like, oh, it's Jack Perry, it's a big bust 
of a storyline and everything. I don't think it's a it's a bust of a storyline. I think that the Adam Cole stuff just makes more sense to me. But if you're using this to get Jack Perry over as your top heel, essentially, you're putting a lot of trust into Jack Perry. I'm not super sold that he can be that guy. And maybe that's where I have the disconnect is I, I don't know if he can be that top top heel that this storyline is going to lead to. I think Adam Cole can do it. I've seen Adam Cole be a, a top heel, be a smarmy dick of a person. MJF, certainly, he's been that guy for the majority of his career. Maybe I just need to see it with Jack Perry. I did like his heel work, by the way, when he turned, after he turned and he became Jack Perry. I do think he was doing good work. There were some rough moments, but there's always going to be rough moments when it's kind of a, a new character and everything. So I um, I just don't know if he's going to um, be able to, to pull it off. And if he can, more power to him. You know, I'm not going to immediately downplay like, oh, Jack Perry, this is a bust of an angle type of thing. It's going to be on Perry to carry that afterwards because the follow-up is always what's going to be uh, not not remembered, but is what's going to make or break this stuff, right? Like, okay, the de- the reveal, oh, ah, the reveal's cool, but then how are you following up with that? Are you going to treat it serious moving forward, or are you going to just dismiss it? And if you just dismiss it, it feels like all a waste. And, and that's right. going to come to uh, the Continental Classic, which we're going to talk about right now. Uh, unless you have anything to add about the, the devil. Uh, the only other thing that I would add is that I see people mentioning Britt Baker as the devil. She was actually the first person that I mentioned that I thought it was because the first time they showed the devil, it looked like it could have been either a man or a woman in, in this because it was just like a smaller figure person that, that they showed in the mask the first time. And I was like, that could, that could be Brit, And it would make sense if it's Brit because of her relationship with Adam. And it also could be MJF because of her late, like she could turn on Adam and side with MJF or she could be working with Adam this whole time. So I, I'll just throw that out there as my last thing about that topic is I think it is also very possible. Brit is either the devil or also involved with this for sure. I think the devil is stupid, by the way, for attacking Hangman Page because Hangman's being accused. They should right. continue to frame Hangman to make it seem like it's him. By attacking him, you're giving away that it is not him. So I think the devil is dumb for this. There, that's my hot take on things. It makes sense to logically like what you're saying, though. You're giving away that it isn't Hangman Page. So like yeah. they could have kept blaming him for it for stuff and make you think it's him for sure. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I would have done. I would have been continue to frame Hangman be like, look, look at this asshole. And then Hangman becomes hopefully a bigger baby face out of it. But now you've taken Hangman off the table. Now Samoa Joe looks like a jerk. That big mean Samoa Joe being a jerk for accusing Hangman when it wasn't him um continental classic coming down to the final week here next week is the final week in league play so i don't know if you know the scenarios jensen but for the dynamite league uh, i'm gonna call it, it's the gold league but i call it the dynamite league john moxley swerve strickland jay white all still have a chance and my favorite scenario that could play out if jay white beats john moxley and swerve beats roosh we get a three-way tie at the top because the tiebreakers is head to head competition, but Jay has a win over Moxley. Moxley has a win over Swerve. Swerve has a win over Jay. So the tiebreakers all cancel each other out. So I mm. think that would be a three way in the finals for the league. I think that's what it would be. 
Yeah, because otherwise, right, it's just the top two are the semis for each league, and then it's the finals, right? So yeah, you would have to figure out if there's a three-way tie where the tiebreakers all offset. It would be a three-way match in the league finals. No, but that could just get totally debunked, though, right? If just if just Mox wins, if so, if Mox wins or draws against Jay White, then he's automatically in. Then it would come down to if it's a draw, then White would get one point, and if Swerve loses, White moves on. If Swerve wins, Jay loses, then Swerve goes on to to the finals. Yeah, Moxley just needs a win or a draw, and he's automatically into the finals. Jay needs to win a draw at worst. Swerve needs to win a draw at worst. Because Swerve has the tiebreaker over Jay White. No matter what, Swerve has that tiebreaker. So Jay needs to win to basically get out of the tiebreaker. But if Jay and Moxley goes to a draw and Swerve loses to Roosh, then Jay goes on because Jay would have one more point. Than Swerve because they're right now tied, but Swerve has the tiebreaker over him. Hopefully, right. I this makes a lot of sense to people listening because I was trying to math this out <sighs> last night and I was like, I think this is correct, and it it sounds very convoluted, but it, it's not. This is just how it how tournaments and round robin tournaments work. Exactly. I mean, and you're yeah, it's a round robin tournament where I mean, it's it's a point based tournament where the winner gets three, the loser gets zero, or what draws are one. So like, there's there's only so many different scenarios you could really get because certain people are going to have to take zeros throughout the thing along the way too and get eliminated and stuff. So like, I would say, because like, so last night, Mox beat Swerve and Swerve's shoulder clearly wasn't down and he was grabbing the tights, which I think is going to be played into throughout this also. That 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 was like an illegitimate win, but he's Mox is still going to get the points for it. But yeah, I, your scenario, I hadn't really thought about that though. How like it could technically wind up in a, tri- I, I think you'd have to do a, a three-way um, whether it's a, a, a triple threat or a, like a three-way elimination or something, you'd have to do it that I think most likely they'll, they'll figure it to where it just Mox is going to get in and they got to figure out if, if they want to run back Mox and Jay White, or if they want to run Mox and Swerve, I'd probably run Mox and Swerve again. Because then you can play off of them not getting the real win last night. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I go with. El Watt's going to depend on the match order next week for Dynamite. My guess is Swerve and Roosh go on first, and Swerve wins. That sets up the main event where Jay White has to win, and Moxley just needs a win or a draw. And I think that might go to a draw. That way you protect Jay White a little bit. Moxley doesn't have to Moxley doesn't have to win that match. He just needs a one point out of right. that. But then Jay doesn't take the loss there to Moxley. He can now have a claim that he did not lose to John Moxley like everybody else did in the tournament. But that gives you Moxley and Swerve in the finals. I think that's where they're going to go. But I also can very, because the way it's this is set up, I could very much see, oh, let's do a triple threat. Let's do a three-way. They don't do a lot of three-ways in AEW. Like, you, kind of a rare match for them based on just how many matches overall they do. But I think this needs to be settled in a one-on-one fashion between Swerve and, and Moxley. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And I like that they had the match last night and that 
for people who don't know, there's a story about John Moxley that him and Renee have both told how Moxley didn't know that Swerve was kill shot until recently, which is like the best story ever because Moxley, well, apparently one of Moxley's like favorite matches ever is that Swerve or the kill shot versus uh, Dante Fox, AR Fox match over in, in Lucha Underground. And when Swerve came, and this is so years and years later, Swerve's been in Lucha Underground, been in WWE since then and all this. Now he's in AEW and Mox said he like walked up to Swerve backstage when he found out he was like, Hey man, you kill shot. And Swerve was like, yeah. And he was just like, man, I thought that guy just had like one badass match and just like disappeared. He's like, it was like, he was like, it was like, he was like a like, like favorite wrestler. It was kill shot. And he didn't even know he was the same guy. And now he's, he got to wrestle him, which I, yeah, it's kind of full circle. I thought it was kind of cool. The, the blue league is pretty open right now. Um, you know, Andrade, Andrade and Brody Lee was, or uh, Brody King was fantastic last night, by the way, that match yeah. ruled. Um, but Andrade is undefeated. Danielson, Eddie Kingston is still like, has a shot if he kind of wins out on stuff. So I wouldn't rule him completely out on that. Uh, Danielson's obviously still there. And Claudio and, you know, Brody, Brody King would have to, Claudio would have to win uh, some matches. He'd kind of have to win out, much like Kingston. Brody King can still get second place and and potentially first if uh, somebody beats Andrade. But so for the final scenarios here, Garcia is the only one that's like mathematically done in this scenario. Everybody else needs a lot of wins. Andrade is in kind of a, a driver's seat position because he's still three and oh um it feels like that's going to come back to danielson and andrade but i know a lot of people are thinking that kingston's going to kind of run the table here and and find his way into one of those those final spots but i don't know i think it's going to come back to danielson and andrade i think you're probably right i could see kingston making a run i do kind of expect that also but andrade has been on fire so i i kind of wouldn't want to mess with that either like and Danielson should keep going. Like just Danielson, this is made for him. So um, I'm with you though. I think Andrade and Danielson's the most likely, but I'm not counting Kingston out yet either. Yeah, Kingston could sneak into that that second spot, and then Kingston and Andrade in the league finals, and then who knows who wins the the finals there. Kingston and Swerve would be a lot of fun at the pay per view. Uh, at world's end to to crown the winner that would be a lot of fun that's a match that you don't think about until it's kind of been in front of you and it's very much in front of us right now to where i'm thinking like oh yeah give me that give me that one hell yeah i'm down all right uh anything else from aw you want to hit upon um no we're gonna aw i gotta at least figure out which topic we should do next just because i gotta leave a little early today people who are coming in who came in late i have a uh my second job interview for my promotion is actually in about 15 minutes so i have to change into a suit and tie or a shirt and tie and uh get back on here for my interview um so i gotta leave it about five minutes but um let's go with uh would you rather talk final battle or indies You, you pick Whichever one you want to talk about. Okay, let's uh, let's talk final battle. Let's talk some okay. final, final battle real quick. Oh, oh I, I was going to hit the bumper. The bumper. Sorry, I, 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 that is I, I, what it is. We are going straight up the middle. All right, Sorry, final battle. <laughs> yeah, final um, battle. What stands out to you on this card, Jensen? 
obviously Athena and Billy Starks. We talked about that a bit last week. Um, I I went back and I rewatched. They put out like a two hour long video of like the build up for this on the AEW website. So I'd recommend people checking that out if you haven't been able to watch Ring of Honor week by week and see this like unfold over like the last year or so. Um, Billy Starks will become the new Ring of Honor World Women's Champion. I'm calling it. It's going to happen. Needs to happen. Love Billy Starks. Can't wait to see this. Long time coming. And then it gives Athena the chance to go to AEW full-time. It makes a lot of sense. Tony Khan's even been kind of talking about that recently. Um, they announced Vikingo versus Black Taurus. I love that. That match is going to be fire. Black Taurus is, I don't want to call one of the most underrated guys in the game, but I feel like he gets kind of kind of overlooked just because like of the gimmick and stuff. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. But, like, he's incredible in the ring. And... Everyone Such knows a good, we we've talked about it with uh, Gringo Loco, like Black yeah. Taurus, the like basing for people, and like you give yeah Jeff Fowler Driver even says it Black Taurus is the best base in the game. Like you give that person uh, Vikingo, yeah, it's that's gonna be a fire match. It's gonna be fire. So like I can't I can't wait to see that one. Um, I'm gonna guess Vikingo retains, but yeah. man, Black Taurus is the man also. So this is gonna be awesome. Um, and then. I mean, I'd say those are the two things I'm the most looking forward to. And then, like, I am also I'm interested in the Jay Briscoe Memorial match. Like, you know, just the, the seeing FTR team with with Mark Briscoe against the BCC. Like, that'll those are those are the three things that I'm looking forward to the most on the show. But the thing I'm the most looking forward to, I would say, I think the match versus the King and Mike Torres is going to steal the show. And I really hope that Billy Starks wins the championship. I kind of think Athena is going to win, and Billy's going to chase a little bit longer that's my gut um I'm, I'm for billy starks winning by the way i'm for billy starks winning and then athena just being part of the aw roster like that's i i want to see athena more in aw but i also recognize the value of her just being in roh and being able to do this in roh because if she's just going to be on aw to like do a couple of matches not really be figured in any type of actual storyline i don't want that i'd rather her be in roh I've, I've said so many times on every show i've been on i need the i like the separation between the two companies because that allows them to shine a little bit more um so i don't have a problem with athena being on roh television do i think she's good enough to be on AEW television yes but i don't want her on AEW if she's just gonna be random wrestler a who's just having matches the stuff she's doing in roh at least has some uh some depth to it and some some substance to it but yes. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that match i'm looking forward to the dj briscoe memorial match as well it's gonna be a lot of fun it's you know six wrestlers that i really enjoy watching wrestle so it'll be a lot of fun um yes yeah it's our final battle it's friday same night as smackdown a lot of wrestling on on friday uh if you if you have nothing better to do on a Friday night. Watch I think I think Jay Paul's boxing on Friday too. Tomorrow. He is. He like, is. Yeah. And no one's talking about it. No. Um. So I mean, it's that's a whole other conversation. Um. Before I leave, would you rather? Oh, I can I can hit on the other other topic and then jump real quick into one of the indie topics before I get out of here. About yeah, I can do that really quick. 
So um, our other topic, and you can feel free to elaborate for the next like 10 minutes or whatever, anything else you want to talk about while I'm gone, of course. But um, our other topic today was Richard Holiday uh, returning to MLW. He appeared after the main event of One Shot. Alex Kane retained the MLW World Heavyweight Championship over Matt Cardona. And after the match, Richard Holiday came out and he signed with WTF along with MSL. So he's a part of the World Titan Federation now. Um, he'd been gone for... I want to say maybe between six months, six months and a year to for, since he did last seen in MLW, I believe. It was um, a year since he was, he had his last already. match before cancer treatment. Yeah. Yeah. That was in November of last year. Ago. I mean, time flew yeah. this year in so many ways. And um, it's great to see Richard Holiday back. You know, he's killing it in GCW too. Recent heel turn aligned with uh, Charles Mason and Pero and those guys. Um, so it was, I, I did, I definitely didn't expect to see Holiday back in MLW but him coming back as a heel with kind of this new uh, edge to him, part of the WTF. Now that Hammerstone's also kind of like leaving WTF or leaving MLW now, it makes sense like that Holiday would kind of come in and fill kind of one of those roles. So I uh, I like seeing Richard Holiday back in MLW. I think it's going to work. And uh, from what I think has been reported through Fightful Select, I, I, it, I believe he's on like a per appearance basis. So I don't know how long he's going to be there. Um, but I think you could definitely get some good stories with him in MLW. And if things are going well for everyone, maybe six around longer, or um, he, like I said, he's got a good stuff going on in GCW and he pops up on the Indies all over. And, you know, so I, I, it was, I didn't expect to see Richard holiday back, but I, I do think it makes sense for him and Alex Kane to have a world title program. And I'd imagine Alex Kane will retain over holiday as well there, but I, uh, yeah, I, it was good to see holiday back. Good for that guy. You know? I didn't expect him back. I thought the ending was a little weird. <laughs> it was like Holiday didn't even like say anything and MSL's out there. And then Alex Kane was like, wait. And then they just cut the pay-per-view off. I was like, ah, oh, that's a little clunky ending there. Um, we'll see how it plays yeah. out with, with Fitch Holiday. I think he does very good work though. And um, I think I like the WTF. It's just a spoof on like old WWF stuff, which is hilarious to me. Yes. Like, I don't know how, like, I don't know how that plays like elsewhere, but for me pops me so i'm all for it yes yes i'm gonna hit I'll, a uh, oh sorry okay. i was gonna hit you the hit indie the bumper real quick and then um where is it where is indie where's where there it is i'm gonna give a big mother fucking shout out really quick before i go so, sorry y'all i have to leave early to do my my second interview for this promotion Shout out to Alex Kane. Just mentioned him retaining the MLW World Heavyweight Championship over Matt Cardona at MLW One Shot. MLW slash WTF One Shot. I keep forgetting to mention they took that show over. Um, Alex Kane is the new action world champion as well. Um, he was a triple threat with the former champion Adam Priest and Cruel. Um, there's a lot of story there that you can look into with Cruel never losing the IWTV title. His history with Adam Priest that goes really deep. Um, Alex Kane, of course, being the MLW champion and so on and so forth. Uh, the Good Hand, which is the group for Alex Kane in, in action wrestling. And basically what wound up happening was um, Cruel hit Scorched Earth, his finisher on Adam Priest. And then Alex Kane kind of like speared Cruel out of the way and then pinned Adam Priest himself. And now Alex Kane is the action wrestling champion and the MLW champion. So big things happening for Alex Kane right now, um, not just in MLW, but all over the, uh, the world of wrestling and collecting titles and this is really uh, kind of his time right now in a lot of ways. So I want to give a shout out to Alex Kane for becoming the new Action Wrestling World Champion. And then Janela and Andrade from this past weekend. Your thoughts on that? Great match. I mean, the, Andrade forced Janela to tab out to a figure four, 
which, you know, that was pretty cool. I mean, just the nod there, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, when, when Joey Janela, when, when anyone who's a, either a big star or someone, this is, this doesn't apply to Adrade, but as far as like past their prime, but anybody with like any like big name value of any kind, when they come to GCW, Janela could be counted on as like, do, do them justice. You know what I mean? Xbox coming back. Janela, you know what I mean? Andrade's coming in. Janela, you know, Leonard Juju and a death match. Kota Bushi, right? Like, like, and so I, uh, I, it made perfect sense that Janela would be the guy for this, and they killed it. It was a great match. They wrestled for like it was like a half hour long or something. It was a long match. Um, and uh, and yeah, and Andrade with a nice spinning back elbow into the figure four for the tap out for the win. So, yeah, good stuff. It was cool to see Andrade uh, in GCW in that setting, and he's going to be having some more matches. For GCW coming up, so yeah, he's gonna be facing uh Jonathan Gresham, which yeah. is gonna be a, a really one. fun and interesting matchup. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. All right, y'all, I gotta go change and uh do this interview. So wish me luck. Hopefully, the next time you talk Jensen. to me, I'm I'm promoted. If not, you know, hopefully I don't lose my job and I already got in the process somehow throughout this. That'd be that'd be hilarious. I'm interviewing for a promotion and somehow I lose my job during the, the interview or something. Um, this doesn't sound good. Don't put that out there. No, positive vibes only, everybody. I appreciate it. I haven't worn a tie in, since your wedding, dude. So, like, I'm going to go put a tie on and put a little button up on and make sure my bosses know that I'm very serious about this job, um, which I am. I am very serious about it. I want this, I want this promotion. I've worked hard for this. So, uh, see y'all. See you, Jeremy. Luck, see you, chat. Appreciate that. Let us know. I'll keep y'all in the loop and uh, enjoy the interview with Joel Pearl after this as well. Yeah. Uh, good luck, Steven Jensen. Good luck. Um, somebody bonkers asking, where's the ROH trios championship gates of agony have been in Japan doing world tag league. I don't know if they're back yet. I think that might be a match that gets like added tonight on ROH. Um, I don't think this card is done. They always do the zero hour. So get ready for more matches like this card. Your your typical ROH card slash AEW card has like 13 matches. This match is at one, two, three, four, five, six matches. There's gonna be more additions, everybody. There's there's just gonna be more additions. So I think Gates of Agony, uh, and Brian Cage, just trios, six man titles, whatever you call them. I think that's gonna be added to this card. Um and and Will Yuta, the the pure champion, he's probably going to be added to this card as well. Because I thought it was very, very interesting that Brian Danielson and John Moxley, or not not Dan, Danielson and Yuta, were did the backstage challenge to to Mark and FTR, and then when they did the graphic, it's oh, it's Moxley and Claudio and Danielson and Yuta, who was part of the challenge, was not part of the match. So I imagine he's going to defend the title. So. Expect those two matches to be added to to this show at the very least, on top of just random matches for the sake of just having matches on this show. Um, so yeah, expect more matches to be added to this card tonight during during our witch on Honor Club. All right, let's get into our creator spotlight. We had Joel Pearl on. People who have seen this channel enough, people who are on Fightful Overbooked, you you know about Joel Pearl. Do you know everything? about Joel Pearl. Do you know how all this started for him? If you do not, you can learn, you can find out about Joel Pearl right now in the creator spotlight. 
Welcome everyone to the Creator Spotlight here on Fightful.com. I am at Joel Pearl, and it is time for an interview with someone that I'm personally a very much a fan of. But uh, these two guys have decided to call that person up because it's the middle of December and there is nothing else going on in the world of wrestling and they're busy towards the end of the week. So it's me. Hi. At least you recognize where we're completely scraping yeah. the bottom of the barrel here. And it's like, what's Joel doing tonight? Yeah, we'll have him on the show. I knew what we yeah. were getting into when I said yes. I was fully aware of what we were doing. Man, no, we do appreciate you for coming on. We've been doing the yeah. show for a long time now. And we I actually was thinking about it the other day. I think it was actually around the time we had Andrew Zarian on, maybe. Maybe it was around the time we had Zarian on. Um or maybe there, there was somebody you had, you had commented on somebody that we had had on recently, and you were like, "Oh, cool, they're on." And I was like, "We've never had it's Nolan, have we?" I think it was Arian. Yeah. But anyway, it was fairly recently, and I was like, I thought about it. And I was like, I think we've talked to like the majority of like our our buddies here on the show. I've known you for a long time. You but you see Jeremy multiple times a week. We see each other often for our reviews, and it just never really crossed my mind. I was like. We've never actually had Joel on the show. Like this is actually perfect timing to invite Joel on. So we do appreciate you coming on, man. It's kind of like a long time coming. So it's weird just because like I've, I, I obviously I watch the show and I and I watch, I listen to the Weekender and I I talk to you about the various things that you say on your shows and blah blah blah. And it's like when I get an invite like this, it catches me off guard because it's like who wants to talk to me about the stuff I do or like the wrestling stuff because. I don't know. I, I'm a guy who hosts a wrestling show with the guy up in the corner part of the screen. And then I host another show with the other guy on the other side of the screen once a quarter. Uh, people hear me enough, but, you know, maybe we'll change up the uh, change up the conversation. It'll be less about what's going on in wrestling and what's going on in uh, wrestling. <laughs> well, you know, for people who don't know, and I don't know if Jeremy knows this either, but I met you <laughs> during the pandemic, like during like kind of the era of like, so at the time, myself and Jesse Davin were doing a show on her channel often because there was just all this free time. I would see you in the chat. I, I recognized you initially as like the guy who knew about other Jewish foods because like I I didn't like I rarely see people talking about Jewish foods and stuff. And I was like, oh, I like this guy immediately. And then we had like the mutual connection like through Fightful and Twitch. We eventually started doing uh, the Mario Kart streaming and the Impact streaming on Twitch. And that feels like kind of forever ago when like, you think about that. But I just want people to know that. That's how long this kind of goes back, like knowing Joel. And like, I, we, we both kind of knew each other before we were like as involved in Fightful, like as both of us are. And it's just kind of crazy that like both of us are doing all this with Fightful now. So it's, it's, it's kind of cool how much has happened in that amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a strange ride that it's been, that's for sure. Yeah. And I hate that Impact went away from Twitch because that was a lot of fun. <laughs> So I will never forget that day. I was walking into my, it may have been my first ever like physical therapy session at the time. I was doing PT because of a, a back and arm injury. And then I get the notification from Impact being like, we're moving to YouTube. And by the way, last week's episode was the last one. No warning, no advance warning, just like, see ya, bye bye, come pay us money to watch the show. And I reach out to Jensen and I reach out to Jeremy and I'm like, oh, we can't do the impact stream this week. What are we going to do? And then we ended up starting the Mario Kart random playing on Twitch just because blow off some steam and just hang out with our pals. And that was fun. Like, I love that. Yeah. I, I miss that. And some people still bring it up to this day. Like, when are you going to bring it back? And I'm like, 
I don't know, maybe when my child doesn't keep us up at random hours like it's just the way it is but yeah doing the impact streams at when it started it was so much fun and then when it ended it just that sucked <laughs> yeah the the mario kart will never return on thursdays because now joel has a shoot job on thursdays his shoot job is to actually review impact so i you can praise me later and you can you can tell everybody how you you owe everything to me which is the the joke that i use with kate but how did the the impact review kind of kind of get started because i that's what most people know you for on this channel as much as i love in the weeds it, it's it's going to be the impact review so okay we did the impact stuff jensen and i on twitch and then it ended we talked about that uh when enough people started complaining to Sean, why aren't you doing an impact review or you're doing literally every other company out there, including an NXT sour graps review. And at the time 2.0 was like, not good. And it was basically Kate and Alex, mostly rightfully ripping it apart for two hours each week. And people were wanting something different. They, they were maybe they were enjoying an impact, they wanted to get more of that, and that positivity. And they said, we need it. And Sean said, Okay, fine, there's enough. Let's do it. Let's try it. So he put out a bit of a casting call, if you will. And uh, I was, I, I didn't think I was going to do it at first. I was like, I don't need to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't think it's for me. And then I started saying, well, no, you like hosting and you like doing this stuff. And this is a foot in the door reviewing shows if that's what you want to do. And so it was maybe a week after Sean had put it out there. I sent a DM to him and I said, hey, if you haven't found anybody and you're looking for a host, like I'll do it. I would be fun. And he's like, you're in. That's it. And then... <laughs> And I, I don't know if he was waiting for me. I don't know if it was just that, you know, no one else fit the bill or he just knew that I could do it because Sean knows me and he's seen me work. Uh, and then Cresta was the, the co-host and immediately Cresta and I got along great. We sat in a Zoom room like this for a good 45 minutes, just getting to know each other and talking about where our wrestling fandom is and was and how we approach things, which is not seriously at all. If you watch in the weeds or you watch it, or if you watch Cresta and I, the impact post shows, like we don't take shit seriously. We just, we just banter and we talk about the matches. So uh, yeah. It, and it just kind of worked out and it still works out to this day. Cresta. I never, I didn't know of Cresta beforehand. We've had her on this show. One, she carries you. I think you know that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. No yeah. question. But but she is she's amazing. And like for people who had never seen Cresta or heard of Cresta, like that being the introduction is is such a such a good introduction. And I'll actually give you credit, Joel. You are very good at like hosting and at like playing off other people and throwing to other people. And I mean, you you see it on our show uh all the time, but like you are also very good at that with Cresta as well. Like that's a talent. That's a talent because I don't think I'm good at hosting. You know, I theoretically technically host this show i don't like doing the host i don't like stuff. doing it either and that's why jeremy yeah. does it on this show i mean that's <laughs> like i mean and that's also why like i appreciate it when you do it for our impact reviews and also why before you were doing it denise did it for when i was on with her because like you guys are both very good at like keeping the thing that i have the biggest trouble with when i try to host those kind of things is not is staying on topic and like moving on when you need to because i like to sidebar so much different stuff my thoughts was always so all over the place but you're really good at like all right this is supposed to be like an hour long or whatever like we're gonna get everything we need in and we're gonna keep it moving along and like i i think I, that is a talent like you're saying so you do deserve credit for that man thank you and it is something that i've worked on because i'm prone to tangents as well when i want to when i host it's always 
I try to make it as much about the person I'm talking to more than about me. I, my opinion is like, it's there and I will put it out there, but it's always my co-host. I always want them to get their points across because they're the ones who are here to give me that analysis. I am here to be the person who would be in the chat trying to get those questions off or at least like, you know, talk about what's going on. That's why I, I'm a serial chat reader and I'm a serial clock watcher. I've said this on a few other shows, like I'm watching the chat, I'm sometimes commenting or I'm bringing up and talking about it. And I'm also watching the clock because I want to make sure everything is running as it should. It's a well-oiled machine. And if it's not running, then it's, you know, it's all over the place. But then I get to work with, with you two and, you know, just to, to toot your horn, I get to hear completely different takes on whatever we're talking about. And it makes each show different and it benefits as a result. It's not my opinion that's, that matters. It is the collective conversation that's going on. And I think that's really what makes a great post show or a great podcast, great content. It's not just two people agreeing with each other. It's two people having a good conversation, sometimes in agreement, but also sometimes at odds. And that's good too. People love to, to argue and yell at each other, but like, and there's moments that are, that's hilarious. Jeremy and I did that once about Aussie Open and the the graphic discussion uh, about whether oh, yeah. Yeah, and it, the conversation was, you know, when Mark Davis was injured, Kyle Fletcher was was featured on TV for, for AEW, and then Tony Khan said, this is, you know, Aussie Open was signed, and I kind of said, I pushed back, I said, well, why are you doing it when you have one member of Aussie Open available to you, when you can make a bigger impact and have Mark Davis come back, make a big moment, and then Tony says, Aussie Open is, a, is all elite. And we had a back and forth about it, and I've somewhat changed my view, but I haven't fully changed it because I still think that in a lot of ways, and we don't need to get in the weeds with that. We do that Monday, Wednesday, Friday on Fightful Overbooked. Instead, we kind of just, we had our, our back and forth about it. And that was kind of really fun banter that ended with, we went off the air, I'll pull the curtain back. And Jeremy was like, you okay? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's fine. Like I wasn't upset in the moment. I was like, I don't think anyone's seeing what I'm trying to say. Um, but that was, yeah, that, that's good content. And I like that stuff. No one saw what you were trying to say. Cause you were wrong, Joel. That's why no one saw <laughs> it. <laughs> um, let's, let's, let's go back to, to, I don't know how old Joel Pearl, but when did, how did Joel Pearl find wrestling, fall in love with wrestling? My brother will probably tell me I'm wrong, but I feel like it was him. I feel like he was never a huge wrestling fan, but he was always kind of, it was there. It was something that he followed when he was a young kid. And I just remember WWF superstars on TV coming home one Saturday, presumably from synagogue, because that's just what Saturday mornings were. Well, and happy Hanukkah, everyone, by yes, the way. Happy yes. Hanukkah. We'll, we'll still be in the midst of it. I had latkes for part of my dinner tonight. So there you go. My nice. mother makes great latkes. She brought them oh. over. It was a whole, anyway. That um, sounds great. I'm, I, I, I'm jealous. I haven't had any latkes myself this, this Hanukkah. I need some though. I'm, we'll I want some ba badly. I, I've been letting them in order though. Anyway, so. Anyway. So yeah, WWE Superstars was probably on TV and I probably watched it. But like, honestly, my fandom probably picked up when I was 12, 13. My friends at school were watching. I wanted to fit in. So I started watching and I probably started watching WCW more than I watched the WWF at the time. And it's not because it wasn't available. I'm in Toronto, Canada. It's not like I couldn't watch Raw, and it's not like I couldn't watch Nitro. Both shows were on TV. So I watched both shows. And then I started watching ECW on Friday nights. We take my, again, going back to the Jew thing, we take my bubby, my grandmother, home every Friday night. She'd come over for a Friday night dinner, and then we'd take her home, and I'd either 
go with them and bring her up to her apartment. Or I would stay at home and I'd watch ECW on TNN because it would be at like seven or nine o'clock, whatever the time was. And I'd be watching that. I tried to consume as much wrestling as I could. Uh, and th those were in my like very early teen years. I always kept up. I fell off a little bit later on. Yeah, that was back when it was still the Nashville network, TNN for ECW. So I, I remember those days fondly. So who were some of your favorite wrestlers then, like when you first got into wrestling? Oh, man. Um, this is always the fun part is that I can't remember these things. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, Conan jumped off the screen to me at first. Okay. Uh, okay. And then you would watch. Have you watched his podcast? Have you listened to his podcast? The day he sent me that DM was probably the best <laughs> day of my life. And it took <laughs> way too long. I just got to say that. Um, who else was there? Uh, Alex Wright was always hilarious to me. It was the dance. That's Wunderkind. Oh, yeah. Uh, and of course, you you had basically the entire NWO. Uh, mostly at the time, it was the Red Black. It was Wolfpack, right? So it was Hall and Nash and then Sting at the time when he was painting his face red. And then Luger at one point was joining. It was it was a big mishmash of those guys. Uh, and then over in the WWF, it was always Stone Cold. Uh, and then I think I, at one point I, I gravitated towards Big Boss Man, and I don't know why. I think it was just how silly the character was. And he, he did roll. Ray Taylor was a great guy. So, uh, yeah, those those were a lot of my guys. I'm this sure the more I think about it, the more there will be others. But in ECW, it was like, it was Taz. It was Rob Van Dam. It was Amish Roadkill, who was someone that I loved, right? The chicken plucker. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Simon Diamond, Diamond, Danny Doring, all those guys. Pretty good life. Sounds roadkill would make W <laughs> games absolutely incredible, Man. incredible stuff. It's a travesty those ECW games never got like a good game. Like the ECW never got like, a good game. It was just like the the whatever those were the acclaimed version. Yeah, Warzone. Like, War yeah. yeah, that was that was rough. Great yeah. roster though. Roadkill was a guy who could really for his size. He was like innovative for like you know. You kind of see that on the indies every now and then with some guys, but yeah. Damn. Now I'm thinking, now I'm, now I'm thinking about all my favorite wrestlers from back then. So now, <laughs> now I'm getting nostalgic. All right, Joel, how did you get into the, the world of, I guess, content creation with, with all this? Cause I only know you from just, I don't even know how our kind of, if you want to call it a friendship, uh, like sort of started, like, I think I would just saw each other on Twitter and like, all right, we kind of have intersecting, stuff but like how did you start to get into the the content creation side of of wrestling so this is fun okay 2019 it's SummerSlam weekend in toronto i am at a ton of shows uh and in the afternoon one of them uh is me walking into the venue and i'm on the phone with my soon-to-be wife it was my it was also my bachelor party weekend so we walk i walk in and it's just me because i think it was an afternoon uh was it WXW? It was some show. It may have been Ambition, which was a WXW no no ropes type of show. And uh, it's on the network, by the way, so you can watch that. And as I walk in, I see a dude with long hair and a gray t-shirt with an FF on it. And I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's Sean Ross Sapp. And so I go, and and we we go to the, the we're in the lobby because I didn't want to be on the phone while a wrestling show is going on. It's kind of disrespectful. So I catch Sean's eye and I'm like, hey, I, I watch your stuff. And I just want to tell you, you know, I'd like what you guys are doing at Fightful. And he's like, Oh, thank you. You know, later that night I ran into him and he happened to be there with his wife. And, uh, the three of us were just chatting. We were over at the back of the room, just chatting, you know, over by the bar and it's intermission. This is funny. Uh, an unknown kid from Edmonton, Alberta 
named Spencer Love. Ah, the beautiful Spencer Love. So he approaches Sean Ross Sapp and he, they strike up a conversation and they're having a great time. And then I walk over and I'm speaking to Sean's wife and we're having a lovely conversation. And then Spencer says, Hey, would you mind taking a photo for us? No, no problem. So I take a photo for Spenny and this is one that he continuously posts is him and Sean Ross Sapp. And I always remind Spenny who took that photo. And so that was the start of that. I, um, I saw Sean maybe a couple more times that weekend. And then I sent him a DM just being like, Hey, it was lovely meeting you next time you're in town, you know, dinner's on me or something. And we just kept up from there. Uh, you and I, Jeremy is a really interesting story. I don't know what the following was in terms of like social media wise, but remember when everyone wanted Fightful to have a Twitch channel? Yes. And remember how Sean was so adamantly against it? Yes. So for those who don't know, Dr. Disrespect was the reason Sean was so adamantly against it because the story of Dr. Disrespect was that he was leaving Twitch, going to YouTube gaming, and it was a whole thing about who was shutting him down and he was shut down early on Twitch. It was a big commotion and everything. And Sean was worried that we were gonna have the same treatment. And a lot of people had to tell Sean, we're not gonna get that same treatment because we don't have millions of followers <laughs> and millions of contracts going from one platform to another. Eventually, Sean remember, figured that out and we got a Twitch. But first we had to do gaming. Sean Ross Sapp goes on a stream on his own and starts playing retro video games, but he's doing it all by himself. Yeah. And everyone's like, can we do co-play? Can we do anything? He's like, I don't know how, I don't know what I'm doing. And then Jeremy and I started talking. We started with DMs. We started looking at different apps that we could use and we settled on, what was it called? Started with a P. Um, oh, I don't remember. This was to play old games. Oh, Parsec. Parsec. That's right. Oh, yeah. We started talking yeah. to some people. We started working with Parsec. We were going back and forth, how to get things working. Eventually we did. And then we were able to call our friends and start playing emulated video games, old school wrestling games over the internet with each other, miles and miles and miles away. And that kind of started our friendship. I can't remember if I did this, uh, if I did the distraction before or after that. I think it was before you were on the Elias episode yep. because you buried elias for not playing his own solos and when we reviewed that album we had you on to discuss all of that i feel like all of that was before this and then we just continued to talk and then yeah we we did gaming i do remember yep. the the late night gaming during the pandemic and yeah being on youtube and making sure it all worked but yes very late nights very those were really fun very chilled like just us because it was legitimately like midnight one o'clock we had nothing nothing else to do i had just gotten a divorce you didn't have a kid yet like i was just like i we're just up i'm I, I think i was stoned out of my mind and we were just up and like let's just play video games for a few hours here at 1 a.m and yeah. yeah that that was very fun times playing those games at that time and then we started doing it on twitch we got fightful gaming and uh the rest was history it, it became the impact streams and we tried to load it up with as much content as we could. And then slowly but surely we kind of moved back towards what we're doing now, which we'll get to. But yeah, the, um, the, the stuff with gaming was, was really my foot in the door was because I just, I had an idea of how to do it. And then you and I just kind of troubleshooted it until it made sense and it worked. And then we got to play until four or five in the morning and send each other weird Kenny Omega GIFs. <laughs> on Twitter for no reason, just to make people wonder what the hell's wrong with us. 
Ah, uh, yes, yes. The very, very late nights. I do remember all the troubleshooting we had to do and just spending like hours just trying to make sure like it was up and running and like working and it, the masses could see us and everything. And then we troubleshooting controllers was always the worst thing in the world. No matter what controller we use, it's like, is this working? Is that working? And finally, finally, we got it down to a little bit of a, of a science and a, a, a regiment there. But oh, that was a lot of trial and error during those early days. Yeah. Twitch. <laughs> those are classic days. Man, you mentioned a just kind of side note, but like, Speaking of, you know, Dr. Disrespect, they never, they still don't know why he was banned from Twitch to this day. Like, I mean, which is crazy. We're talking that long ago about, like, whether or not we should use that platform. And, like, we still don't know why that platform banned him, um, which is wild. Well, um, now, I, nowadays, nowadays on Twitch, you can, you can shove ass and you're good. You can, you can have, you can be naked on Twitch. They don't care. Yeah. Wild. It used to be, we'll ban you for anything. And now it's like, we, we won't ban you for anything. Yeah, well, with him, I don't want to get too in the weeds on that, but with him, there was rumors that he was he was negotiating his contract at the time with Mixer before Mixer went out of business. And when it went out of business, they were like, "Screw you, dude! You were trying to leverage like they like found a reason to get rid of him." It's kind of like the big conspiracy theory. But regardless, I'm glad that we got to do that stuff on Twitch. I had a blast. Like I play Mario Kart every now and then. Like I, I played it like the other night for like a little while. You still play it all because like they still update the maps and stuff, which is pretty sweet. I haven't played in a few weeks, but I had a chance to do it when I set up my TV and got stuff. And I got this, I talk about it on the shows sometime. I have this sweet black chair that was delivered to me by my, uh, by my in-laws. So I just like to sit in that chair and play video games and veg out. So yeah, that that's the last time I played cards. It was a few weeks ago. Are, are you gaming anything else right now? No, I want to... Every time I want to start doing something, I get sidetracked with other work. It's kind of the the curse of of being at this desk where everything I want to do is here and everything I need to do is over here. So I I, I easily get sidetracked. Plus YouTube, you go down a YouTube rabbit hole, it's game over. Suddenly it's like you know eleven at night, and you're like, I have to go to bed. <laughs> We're done here. Okay, well that's another question that I'd be interested to know. What kind of stuff are you binging on YouTube right now? So vice documentaries have started coming up more on my youtube channel uh but other than that i was watching a lot of travel youtubers for a little while i was watching kara and nate until i kind of got sick of their dynamic i was watching amen and beck which is another couple of travelers and they've all of their lives have changed since the pandemic and everything uh so i started moving towards uh, drew binsky is another guy who does a ton of travel vlogs and then cooking a lot of cooking mythical kitchen uh guga who else sure. is there? Um, I, always, I watch Mr. Beast, and I know that, Jensen, that would make you very happy. I'm very proud. I have a piece of, from one of his sets, actually. It's one of my prized possessions. So very There you go. Awesome. And uh, Ryan Trahan is someone that I'll watch once in a while. because very big fan of his. He, he's just a happy dork. <laughs> he's just the best. So there's a lot, of, a lot of really random stuff that I try to watch. It depends on my mood. And then I'll watch uh, other bassists playing along to different songs that I either like or have always wanted to learn because uh, that always pops up in my algorithm. Do you have a favorite Ryan Trahan video? Because I actually, I've known about him for a while, but I just recently started like really digging into his catalog and his videos are really good. The Penny series that he's done, he's done a couple of them now. Those are really good. I do recommend those. Uh, and the latest stuff that he's been doing is a lot of like, I stayed at one star hotels because I want to debunk whether or not the reviews are accurate. 
And those are sometimes really funny. Uh, or the I invited a bunch of celebrities to my birthday. Did they show up or not? There's there's funny stuff because Ryan is totally unafraid of making a fool of himself. And, and that's something that, you know, to be honest, I appreciate in Jeremy too, is that he will very happily make a fool of himself where I don't always feel that comfortable. And I, I always envy people who are able to do that and just be like, yep, making an ass of myself is just part of the gig. When have I ever done this? Uh, let's see if I can find it. Uh, oh, here we go. Oh, there you go. that uh, that was an unfortunate incident with the cake <laughs> that got thrown at my face and not on the ground. Uh, unfortunately, happy birthday to my face in in yeah. that incident. Dude, that reminds me, you owe me a psychosis leg drop still. Oh, uh, I, I think I'm doing an elbow drop and I do owe this. Now it's like super cold in Ohio to where like, I don't feel like doing this thing at all. I also feel like you should take a little bit of pity on me as a Panthers fan. Like, are you really proud of that victory? You know, listen, I'm, and this is so off topic and this is American football, which I'm sure Joel has no interest in, but yeah, I sure but, should not care about Canadian football. So, <laughs> so I, 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 my my gripe with the Panthers is what they're doing to the end of the career of Adam Thielen right now because I'm I'm still an Adam Thielen guy so like but it was his he it's his bed that he decided to lie in like he he left the Vikings he wanted the extra little bit of money and to be the top receiver on a team in the NFL and that's what he got but they've won one game all season and now he's not getting the ball hardly at all because now they got to develop oh, new receivers goodness. yeah and I mean obviously it's unfortunate that your quarterback like. I mean, he just probably isn't the guy or isn't going to be for a while. So anyways, yeah, I you know you, but you do owe me something for that, for that bet. So we'll figure that out I later. Pay up. I'll pay up. I always pay up on these things. I always pay up on these things. All right, Joel. So we do, we do Twitch gaming. Um, that goes the way that it kind of goes. We were consistent with it for a little while. And then I think the biggest thing that kind of changed was the, the kid, like, the kid kind of changed your schedule and and then by my own matter, my kids changed my schedule as well, because we were doing the, uh, the Friday night show with share Delaware, which was some very fun times that we, we stopped doing because uh, yeah, I, I got married and had, had kids uh, adopted kids and you also had a kid and like our schedules just completely completely changed but that friday night show that late show that we used to do at some point that's one we definitely got to bring back i don't know how but that was the point. messiest show ever <laughs> and i don't know if we can do that anymore i mean we can who am i kidding but that was that was a time and space that's for sure <laughs> i've completely forgot about that i was on that before like we talked about like yeah whatever like yeah that was like anything goes show yeah or, yeah that was that was actually a lot of fun. I completely forgot about that. That was a lot of fun. I remember there was an episode. It was like the three of us, SP3 shared. It was like probably like five, six people in that thing. Oh yeah, there was that. I think Sean was traveling, so he was on his phone, and we were doing this. Yes. is back when we were doing everything on Skype, and we yeah, were, yeah. Was through OBS, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 old school. And so we had to toss everyone like in a corner instead of in our boxes that we had <laughs> set up on OBS. That recording exists. It's either on scraps or it's on overbooked, but it exists. 
Yeah, it's somewhere. It might be on Overbooked somewhere. The, those those late shows that that we would do, and yeah, very much free for all stuff. Like no real point. We would play like some just silly games of not 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 so much like truth or dare, but almost like two truths and a lie kind of stuff on there. Like we would, yeah, it was very much just. It was like Friday. It was after the SmackDown review shows back when Sean and I actually worked on Fridays, and then. I got a life and Sean was like, yeah, you know what? I don't feel like doing this show either. So Sean decided to give it up and he's not doing the SmackDown review show. We both were like, yeah, Friday nights, get out of here with this nonsense. Can I tell you, this is my favorite, my favorite review show that I ever did was the SmackDown review and it was May, 2021. And it, it happened because I think one of y'all got your second COVID shot and it knocked you on your eyes. I think it was you, Jeremy. And so yeah, they May up, 20, yeah, this maybe. was May 2021. And that was the episode where Alistair Black came and he uh, he kicked Big E into his own release the next day. So I got to talk about the return of Alistair Black and then the next day be like, well, any ideas we had are out the table because <laughs> he has been released from WWE. No more Alistair Black. Bye bye. And that was my my first uh, my first time doing a post show on Fightful. <laughs> And now look at you doing the impact post show every single week. All right. So we do the Twitch stuff that kind of continues. And then the impact show came on after that, right? Because we, we kind of talked about how once they got off of Twitch and we stopped doing Mario Kart, the impact show kind of came to life. Am I missing something? Yeah, that was around April of it was April. It was a few months later. We didn't jump directly into it. We, we were off Twitch. But I'm saying the Impact Post Show, it started a few months later. I think it was around Slammiversary 2021. Okay. So we were doing Overbooked by then, because that was January, February. No, that was 2022. Oh my gosh, my time. Right? Uh, yeah, that was all 2022. Yeah, that was 2022. Yeah, okay. I can Speaking always of that, y'all, I gotta see, I remember you made all those graphics whenever Overbooked started. I would like to see all the lineup of those original shows that were like, that were, like so much has changed on there. But like, that's reminding me because occasionally me and SP3 still jump on and do Degrassi dudes or talk about some nostalgic so every, like every once every couple months. But I remember there was like a whole, a whole list of like just random shows that were all coming out on that. I was trying to get different personalities, different voices, the story with Overbooked is really strange. It was from, I'll tell you my side real quick. I was working with Tim, who some people remember from Tim oh, and yeah. in the ring. Sure. And Tim and I were working on expanding for the next year into the Tim and Joel network or the Tim and Joel universe, whatever you want to call it. I think we were going to call it the in the ring network. And we had a whole bunch of people planned out. They were going to do shows, different content, shorter content for us. And we were going to build a new platform. And then Jeremy came to me and was like, okay, so we have this new platform we're going to work on. And do you want to do this? And I told him about what we're doing within the ring network. And we brought everyone over and decided we'd just do five below over books. And obviously things changed. I still have all of those graphics, but uh, yeah, that was, that was a moment in time because we were trying to do something different and I wanted to bring more voices into that wrestling sphere. I tried to grab as many people who were unknown or just not as well known onto this platform and it worked for a few but it, you know other people branched out and did their own thing which i think is wonderful but also this isn't always for everyone and that's okay too i will not tell the story of overbooked until many many years later down the line maybe 
That's fair. Joel's side is Joel's side. Joel, Joel is correct in what he is saying. And what we tried to do initially didn't fully work because I don't know if we were fully understanding of what it was going to be, what it needed to be. Cause I don't think it, it was really until this year, like it, it legitimately took us a good year to actually nail down where everything needed to fall in place. And then I think now I think overbooked is, is very good. And I think that we can still make some improvements uh, with, with various things, but like, as far as, yeah, what, what we actually do on it, there's a lot more value in what we do on it. Not to say there wasn't before, but there, I, not value. Value is the wrong word. Um, cohesion in, in what we do, in what we offer compared to when we were first doing it, where it's just like, let's just kind of have like content. Like we legitimately did overbook overbooked for the first one it's like oh yeah we can try to put something there and put something there and do something here and now it's like uh maybe it's a kind of a less is more approach to things i had a calendar jeremy is aware of the calendar yeah it had a recording schedule and it had a an upload schedule and we tried and it failed and it took some time and it took some adjusting but we figured it out eventually it was just it was definitely a lot at once and yeah, we we figured it out, but it, it took some time. By the way, the first impact show was May, late May 2022. Okay. I just found my notes. All right. There you go. Well, I appreciate the the appearances for Fightful Overbook because it's hilarious that like I have a platform of any kind at all to talk about like Degrassi or something that's that niche. Like, and what's so funny to that for me for that is like there's I was just looking at it the other day. I typed uh, "Fightful Overbooked Degrassi Dudes" like just into Google, into uh, YouTube, and like one of the episodes for that had like two and a half thousand views. And I was like, "What? Like, well, how did that happen?" I was, was, uh, oh. <laughs> I was like, "What?" So, like, I mean, obviously, that it's not normal for like a a, a Degrassi like Degrassi dude does not get that type of viewership normally. There was another one that's around two thousand, and that was when we had Queen of the Ring on, and, and these were for like certain lists that we had done. And I was like, "Damn, that's." Like I, I'm happy that because like the Degrassi community isn't that huge for people that like put that kind of content out there. And I watch other people's YouTube videos that like talk about shows that I like all the time. And I was like, we must hit the algorithm like for a couple of these where like the, all the Degrassi fans saw us for like for a couple of times. And like, that made me feel pretty good that like outside of wrestling, I got to kind of be out there for something else. So Jeremy knows that I pushed back really hard on non-wrestling content on Overbooked. Yeah. And that was an that was more of an algorithmic thing. I was worried that if we strayed too far from wrestling, people wouldn't find us, or they would think that this is what we're doing exclusively. Whether that was FMC, which is primarily basketball and reality TV, and, and whatever other tomfoolery you guys do, or like Degrassi dudes, which again, or Nickelodeon specials, whatever, like the different stuff that's up there. And then I kind of started realizing it's like, well, why not? have a few of these random shows pop up once in a while because it's just a sampling of like our personalities personality you know their fandom outside of wrestling is well worth being talked about and then explored dude i i get sorry i just say real quick jeremy i i occasionally have there are legitimately a few people that only message me on twitter about degrassi they're like hey like are you guys going to do another degrassi dude soon or like hey what do you think about this episode and i'm like they don't even, I don't think they have 
any idea that I, outside of like my, what I'm always tweeting about, I don't think they watch any of my wrestling opinions. I don't think they care about that at all, but like they like my Degrassi takes and that's just like, just that's wild to me. So like, and that wouldn't be possible without a platform. And I think that speaks to what you're saying, Joel, like it's, if it had to sprinkle that in there, I think is smart to just kind of reach just kind of just random people that wouldn't have found you otherwise. Joel was right in pushing back on some of the stuff. And I, I, I see where he was coming from with that. And then the, the other stuff like FMC was really just like, I wanted a spot to talk basketball. I wanted to talk basketball with, uh, with SB3. And then it turned into this nonsense show that we also, that we do, which is still basketball, but you know, Cher has a segment now we're playing love is blind mobile games. And like, yeah, it's a niche thing, it, but people really seem to enjoy it. And then when it came to like Degrassi dudes or SP3 doing like TV show rankings and stuff, one, they're so infrequent that it doesn't seem to really hurt too much. And two, it's like, I wanted to, give my friends a, a platform to just not always talk about wrestling it, yeah. because like, that's all we kind of do for, a, for a lot of our time. So it's like, Hey, yeah. If you guys want to just talk about Degrassi or Nickelodeon shows like once a month or something like, cool. Like you Jensen SP three, you guys are my friends. Like why, why wouldn't I allow this to happen when we have this show? Because Joel knows this. I'm not a big algorithm view person. I'm a big, like, are you having fun with the content you are doing person? I'm not concerned if it's doing 50 views, if it's doing 500,000 views. Yeah, one is much nicer, but it's like, okay, is are the people doing that having fun with what they're doing? Because if they are, then that's what I'm happy with and i think that's what ultimately will start to show when it comes to like views and stuff is like all right if people are or maybe it's not even like the most viewed but like the consistency of the audience and building like a regular audience and a regular following and then hopefully you can continue to build from there like that's where more my head is at and joel has always been all right what's the algorithm gonna gonna say here it's a mix of that and then what you're saying is entirely true. And it's something that should be looked at for any creator. And that is, is your content making you happy? And is it making your, your fan base, your, your followers, is it making them happy? Are they enjoying it? Are they engaging with it? To me, the numbers are more of a growth thing because I want everything you're saying. I want more people to experience and enjoy that. So that's where I come. It's not like I'm going to make a clickbaity title and, you know, 500, sometimes I do because I just want to have fun, but like I want 500,000 people to watch it, but I also want those 500,000 people to engage with it, not in a negative screaming, throwing stuff at the wall kind of way, but in a way similar to the chat rooms that we have during the shows we host, because those, those people by and large are really passionate, really smart and really well engaged when it comes to the things that we're talking about. And they're also in on the jokes that we start. And that's good. I want that. I also want more people to be able to be a part of that joke. So that's where I come from. And that's why I like the idea. For me, growth is is a natural thing. It's progression. It's to me that that is the 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 reason for having a YouTube channel that is monetized is that you want to see growth. So that's why I think Jeremy, you and I work really well together is because we see things 
similarly but different enough that they complement each other and it works for us and i also told you many many years ago when we first started doing this there ain't a lot of money in this game so you may as well be happy with the stuff you're actually creating because chances are you're not going to be getting a whole lot out of it and you know it's it's not a joke when when we say uh fightful overbooked all the money goes to the contributors like legitimately that is that is the case uh we are very fortunate now to be in a position to where joel has deserved to get money off of overbooked for since the start of it and he he is not until these past couple of months and you know he he more than deserves that and like that i think that does speak to the overall growth of overbooked of we've put so much into it and it is in a position where like all of our contributors are paid and hey, we even have like some left over to where Joel is actually making money off of this product now because nobody does more hours of content on that channel, even myself included. It, it might be close between us. Um, it depends because you if do, Kate wants to work that week. Yeah, it depends on if Kate wants to work. Exactly. Because I have FNC consistently. <clears throat> um, so there is at least that. And, you know, spotlight interviews go up there as well. So I could theoretically count that towards hours put on the channel um but yeah nobody does does more hours on the channel than joel so he should get something off of it and i'm happy that like again it ain't a lot i always wish it was more but that joel is, is finally benefiting some from it because i don't feel like i'm out of pocket or i'm uh saying anything that isn't known by saying this in the weeds has been a success for overbooked and uh it, it's helped us make the profits we've been able to make since we started this uh silly show earlier this year and joel is again deserved from the work he did previously deserved to get uh something from the channel so do you want to talk about in the weeds like so my kid, <laughs> my kid turns one it's the end of march and we finally have daycare for him i had been doing a lot of the the daycare stuff or the not daycare, but just the primary care because my wife was working. Uh, so we try to split the day up and I would be with the kid as much as I could so that she could work throughout the day. And then daycare came around, came along and we started getting comfortable with sending him and then we'd come home, yada, yada, we'd have more free time. And so one afternoon or one morning I say, Oh shit, I'm up early, early. I should probably start doing a morning show. And then I get a message from Jeremy and he's like, you serious about doing a morning show? So, sure, why not? And then we started talking about doing in the weeds. Uh, we didn't know what to call it for the longest time. And then Vince McMahon decided to drop <laughs> us a very nice nugget, probably the only good present he's ever given us. And uh, we decided in the weeds was the right idea in the right time. And one thing I never, ever, ever, ever thought I would want to do, and I, I held off for the longest time, was interviewing wrestlers never wanted to do it never had any interest in it always wanted to stay as far back from the curtain as i could while talking about what's going on in front of the curtain which by the way i don't recommend it talk to wrestlers <laughs> do interviews if you feel comfortable with it but you know try try to be engaged in different ways anyway one day i finally got the opportunity to start talking to wrestlers uh before in the weeds started and i took my time to get it right and figure it out and i'm still learning and i'm still getting better at it but with this in the weeds came the idea from Jeremy that we would have wrestling or wrestling adjacent people on the show as often as we could. And I'm glad we get to do that. 
I think it's wonderful that we get to bring that up because it is such a wild ride talking to these people about their experiences and their matches and their stories and their opportunities. Uh, and I would never have had that opportunity if not for this show. And I would never have made the connections that I've made without doing this show. I wouldn't have to cough right now if not for this show. Please, one second. <laughs> when when Joel sent out the 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 tweet of you know I should start doing a morning show or whatever. This had been an idea that I I've always loved sports talk radio and Jensen and I like more or less do a morning show because we're on early, but it's obviously it's a it's a weekly show, so we're recapping the week of and we're also we don't we do hit a lot of awwwe like we we focus on that but we also want to make sure one thing I, I'll, I'll tell you jensen that like at wrestlecade when people came up to me they're like oh i love that you guys talk about like the indies and the stuff that like doesn't get a lot of coverage and that was something that i was very important to me when we started the spotlights like well everybody's gonna gonna talk about aew WWE. where can we what else can we talk about that's not that national wrestling alliance yeah yeah (laughs) but the the doing the morning show like a consistent morning show came to me of just i was driving a lot to north carolina because of of my dad's health issues and like i was listening to so much sports talk radio on those drives and i'm like nobody's doing this in wrestling busted opens like basically the only one that is just like it's a week or it's a daily morning show and i tried out that idea of um i it was a random show because i i hadn't done a lot of shows for the one week because i was doing so much driving back and forth and i was like oh let me get just my friends on to talk about stuff and i had like phil on kate popped on mike from indeed was on will washington made a run in um who by the way by the way shout out to will washington who carried overbooked with day after dynamite during the early stages of everything carried it so much and shout out to us for for giving will washington the platform that that catapulted him (laughs) to an AEW job i don't want to hear otherwise yes carried us carried us so much that sean stole him and then AEW stole him uh circle of life yes I had all these people on, and there's somebody I'm, that I'm forgetting and I hate that I'm forgetting like who else was on this, this morning show uh, besides the people I mentioned. And I was like, I feel like I can do this. I feel like I can do it like once, like at least twice a week, but I need somebody else because I don't want to be the only person talking. I need someone to play off of and I don't want to do, I don't want to have to set up like 300 guests to make sure the show keeps moving. So when Joel sent that tweet, I was like, let's, are you serious about this? If so, let's do this. It's our channel anyway. So it only makes sense that we would contribute more content to it. And uh, look, I got to say, I have fun with, with all my shows and in the weeds has been a something I've had a lot of fun with uh, and something that has really helped me over this past year when I was doing a lot of content that I was not, it's not that I wasn't happy with because I thought it was good content. It's just it wasn't as fulfilling as this show has become. Like I I really enjoyed doing um and people still bring it up, pillar to post. I liked doing um the the series. Like this was like fun stuff for me to do, time consuming, but like fun to do. They've not been as fulfilling 
as in the weeds, because we do have different guests on, you know, we, we do get to break down the big stories of the, the day. And then we do get to talk to wrestlers. We do get to talk to just different people that we maybe would not interact with otherwise. And I, I, I appreciate you being willing to do it. I know it's not always the most uh, fruitful when it comes to monetarily venture, but it, it's really helped me out a lot this year. And I always tell you like there's value to it. And as long as we're doing something valuable, I feel like that's a big thing in, in the wrestling space where anybody with a camera and a microphone can just give their opinion on shit. What's interesting to me is maybe people don't know, and maybe, maybe they do. We started in the weeds off of a show that we were doing, Jeremy and I called newsworthy. And it was a pre-recorded show on overbooked. That was basically five news stories from the week that Jeremy wrote. And we would kind of expand on them and, you know, just take it from different angles and, and take a, a news slash wrestling media approach to the conversation. And that's why in the weeds kind of started to work from the get go. And it didn't have a lot of rust to, to tap off because Jeremy and I had already been working together in some capacity talking about newsworthy stories. And now we just got to mix in uh, the live element, the interview element. And then we got to talk about more the television aspect of things and where storylines are going. And yeah, the morning show format for us has definitely worked better. And we see the growth uh, as, as we keep doing it. So no, I see it as a success and I continue to tout it because I see other wrestling sites writing articles based on our conversations with other wrestlers. And that goes a long way. It's really cool to see when your name pops up on, you know, speaking to Fifles in the Weeds with Joel, Joel Pearl and Jeremy Lambert. So-and-so said this. That stuff is cool to me still. The ultimate rib on me was I wanted to do this show so I could do less work writing wise. And then we did so many wrestler interviews that it became way more writing for me. That part sucked. Sounds um, like you owned yourself, pal. Oh, I did. I did. I 100% did. I want to put both of you over when it comes to like interviews in that I never like doing one-on-one interviews. I do them like, you know, Sean sometimes can't do stuff. I I'm called upon to do it. I think I'm okay at it, um, especially if it's something like a little bit shorter and stuff. I much prefer two people interviews of just like playing off of somebody and like take even like taking a break so the other person can ask a question and then listening to the answer there and then following up off of that. Like it's so much easier with two people interviews and especially when you have a a chemistry down pat, like I feel like I have with, with both of you on that kind of stuff. And Joel, I like doing the the interviews with because I can get wrestlers to beat you up. And that is the highlight of, of my week sometimes is when I get like Steve Macklin or Deanna Perrazzo or um, who Tasha else? Steels. Tasha Steeles. Yes. Yeah, Anybody from Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. yeah. They just all, all want to beat you up. And that's very fun for me. I hate you so much. All right, Jensen, ask, let's wrap. Jensen, ask uh, the big question, and then I have a, a surprise question for Joel Pearl at the end of this. So we're going to ask a question we ask everybody? Yeah. Okay, so Joel, what's the coolest thing in your room? Oh, I knew this would come up. Everything in my room means something, so I'll give you a quick tour here. Not a tour, but like stuff you'll see behind me. This this painting on the wall that you can't see all of, 
that was painted by my sister for my dad's 50th birthday. My sister's a prolific artist. She's great. Uh, the masks were people bought these for me at different times in my life to, to basically celebrate something uh, that the hat with the sunglasses that's from party hard wrestling over in Arizona. They were fantastic to me when I went to the Royal rumble in 2019, they were just the sweetest people behind the scenes at that show. I didn't know shit about anything, especially in independent wrestling, but they were so cool and they were just the best. They're starting up again, by the way. So I'm going to give a cheap plug. If you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area, party hard wrestling's coming back. They are fantastic human beings. The shows are a blast. Go check them out. That will be with me forever, even though it's torn to shit. There's a nitro grill mug that I have here. I've shown it on screen before, but here it is. Oh. The original nitro grill and my first microphone that I ever owned. Um, but, but really the piece de resistance. Got to put that down. Uh, the, the base in the background, the one that's in the far corner there, they call it the toilet base. It's called a music man bongo, but just search music man bongo base. You'll see what the design is. It's very space. Like, uh, I can't get up and get it. Cause I'm like tethered in to my board and everything. That base was one that I ran th this one. I got from a trade, but I originally got introduced by this to the space when I was on my first ever cruise ship gig. Okay. And I brought a different base altogether, but that base got mangled. It had to get repairs. We were in Vancouver and I needed something else for a good week while they fixed it. They gave me the music man bongo in like burnt orange. It was ugly as sin, but it played like a dream. So I played it for a week and then I asked what the price tag was and they were like $3,500 Canadian. And I said, not happening. Because uh, at the time I was like not there yet musically. I was long story, but I wasn't there. So gave up on the dream of owning the bongo. And then eventually several years down the road, I became a professional musician. This is a whole other part of my life that we haven't even touched on and probably won't today. Uh, but yes, I've worked in nonprofits. I've worked as a professional touring musician and I got the opportunity to trade for music man bongo so many years later. That's my prized possession. That's what I call number one. That would go on tour with me everywhere. So that's, that's the main thing in this room. Very cool. All right, Joel, a surprise question for you. Oh God. Partner promo punch. Kate, Cressa star, Jeremy Lambert. I, oh boy. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, punch Kate in the face. Wow. I did not expect that. You can't come to work every week. And plus, I mean, you know. fair. I just didn't expect that. Uh, yeah, no, I'm trying to think of everyone that I, I've met Kate the most amount of time separately from my, of my co-hosts. That is twice. <laughs> Jeremy, <laughs> you once Jensen, you once Cresta, I haven't met in person yet. The three of us, by the way, for people who don't know, was yeah. all at the same time at Jeremy's wedding. So I was gonna say, mine was my together. wedding. I feel like yeah. that counts for more than just two off meetings because you were covering wrestling together. I mean, the the first time at Kate's was a whole other can of worms. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was her sister's place. I got kicked out because the doorman didn't know I was coming. Whole thing. I got kicked <laughs> out. It was not fun. Uh, I didn't actually get kicked out. She was just afraid I would get kicked out, so I left voluntarily. But we say I got kicked out anyway. Punch Kate in the face mostly for that. Uh, Cresta, I would promo with because I feel like it would throw her off her game. Just like having a person who's not as absolutely ape shit as she can be that <laughs> she'll just like go off the rails and people will just get lost in the sauce. And then I can bring her right back and be like, and that's why I'm going to beat your ass on Saturday or whatever it is. And then, uh, the match or the, the partner, 
is going to be Jeremy because uh, I've seen you. Uh, I've seen you work, brother. And you yeah, can probably mistake though. I'm leaving you high and dry. You that that was a terrible answer. No, I'll just no? go into the hot tag. That's all. <laughs> terrible. I would. I'd. I'd be out of there. I'm walking out on you. Second. Second, I get a chance. I mean, I could partner with Cresta Star. She'd probably beat the shit out of someone with crazy eyes. And then yeah, I would have partnered. I would have partnered with Cresta. I. Pro promote against Kate because you can really? beat her with she'll just do a bunch of wacky voices that no one understands and then punched me because I'm the meanest I don't know everybody's kind of mean to you yeah um, everyone's mean to me I don't know what it is I'm, I'm but nobody gets wrestlers to beat you up though yeah, that's fair yeah. yeah all right all right Joel do you want to do you want to do the outro now well hey before plug? before we do that I'll plug I'll plug one thing that I noticed on Twitter today because this will come out on Thursday but uh, congratulations on 1,000 1,000 days as fight. Oh, champion. get uh, the. I'll go ahead and throw that out there. And how how I, how does someone? Oh, hold on, Jeremy. I'm not done. And how how does someone challenge for the title? I need to know that as well. Anyway, is, there, is that ever going to happen? 1,000 days yeah. is amazing. Uh, I didn't bring this up for a reason, Jensen. No, I'll, hey, listen. It just happened to be perfect timing, right? I looked, I, I'm looking at a picture of Joel smiling, super happy into his camera with that title belt over his shoulder in, in, this, in this tweet. So, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Joel. Go ahead. You, you, we'll, we'll give you a chance to gloat about being a 1,000-day Fightful champion. Nothing to gloat about. Just a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication. And I, I've, I've earned my spot a thousand days. Thank you. If you want a match, talk to Jimmy Van. Where's the title? Talk to Jimmy Van. I've already told you that answer. <laughs> uh, fake champion with no title. It's not fake. It's predetermined. There's a difference, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're get a lot of people really upset if you call it fake. Oh, yeah. that's right. Leave a leave a comment about how fake my championship reign is, so I can then rage on you in the comments right back. I probably won't. Who am I kidding? I'm not going to read them. But you can rage anyway. Engagement, right? Any engagement is good engagement. And thank you for engaging with us. This has been the Creator Spotlight. I have been Joel Pearl. That's Jeremy Lambert. That's Stephen Jensen. Uh, you can follow Jeremy Lambert. Don't. You can follow Stephen Jensen at Fight Talk, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore on all of forms of social media you would like to find them on. And you can find me at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-R-L, on all forms of social media and also in the weeds every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday over on Fightful Overbooked, 10 a.m. till noon Eastern. Go over to FightfulOverbooked.com. Subscribe today, okay? Thank you. We are back here on the spotlight. Thanks, I guess, to Joel Pearl. For being in the creator spotlight now it's it's good if you you see joel a lot on this channel or on fightful overbooked if you didn't know the origin story of joel pearl now you do hopefully you learn something or don't maybe joel just became even more unlikable and that's fine too but hey watch him every monday wednesday and friday alongside me on what show do we do in the weeds <laughs> watch him Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 10 a.m. Eastern to noon Eastern on In the Weeds. Me too, Ryan. I legitimately set that up so he could say he wanted to punch me in the face. I I, I knew I was going to do that bit with him, and I figured the answer was going to be he was going to punch me, and he didn't. I was That was the most shocking thing of that entire interview was he decided he was not going to punch me. All right, guys, don't give Joel, stop it, pile driver finisher, stop it. I feel like he's the only champion. I don't even know how he won the title. I, I don't know anything about this title. It's very, 
it's it's I don't get it. I would like my title shot. That's that's for sure. Guys, we'll be back next week talking all the world of all the news in the world, all the world of news in professional wrestling. Um, and we'll be back tomorrow on Fightful Overbooked in the weeds, 10 a.m. Eastern, myself and Joel. Next week, myself and Steven Jensen right here, youtube.com slash Fightful with the spotlight. Head over to Fightful Select, sign up, get all the news. Head over to Fightful.com, get all the news for free. And yes, we will we'll talk to everyone next week. Everyone have a good weekend. Everyone get your holiday shopping done. Uh, if you have not done that, go out, be safe during the holidays, you know, just be safe, take care of each other. I appreciate, uh, appreciate everyone. Thank you all for the support during the holiday season and, and year round, really. Our Fightful holiday stream is this Saturday or Sunday. Jeez. Fightful holiday stream is this Sunday. Everyone can can watch that support. Appreciate all the support everyone gives us here year round on Fightful. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the wrestling on, on Friday night. I'm sure there's independent shows and whatnot on Saturday night and then and Collision on Saturday as well. And then uh, Sunday as well. Come hang out with us right here. YouTube.com slash Fightful 8 p.m. Eastern, our holiday stream. It's always a good time. I got to come up with a bit of where I do not speak. I've not spoken a single word on the holiday stream for two years now. So I'll see if I can keep that going. Bye, everyone. Have a good weekend. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.